0: Hello and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am Al Manarino, the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me, as always, because he has no other choice in the matter, is Bill Bodkin, the editor in chief of thepopbreak.com. I Bill, I'd love to. Th- I love to say you did not
1: say reluctant this time, so I have worn you down after ten episodes. You yeah. finally have embraced your role. God bless America on Memorial Day weekend. And I, truly I
0: again. Have- I am on the level, everyone. <laughs> I I, tr- I truly have nothing else to do, so that's why it's not reluctant anymore.
1: I mean, listen, I'll take the W anyway. It can't.
0: That's right. Um, we have our first returning guest, Bill. Absolutely. First time,
1: and and what better person to have returning to the podcast? Uh, one of our highest listened episodes of all time. That's right, and one of I, one of our personal favorite episodes of all time. It was the yeah. second episode. Uh, We know her as our West Coast correspondent, our music editor, and one of our favorite people on the site, Kat Manos. Welcome back.
2: Hello, I feel so welcomed back.
1: And you have a very special guest, sort of, kind of, maybe with you.
2: I do have a special guest. Um, Next to me is my boyfriend, Cole, who may or may not be chiming in on this lovely evening to talk about all of the great things we're talking about. Say hi, Cole.
3: Hello. Uh, I'll come in and out. I got a, I got a orange float here. Do and... you have an Orange Julius? No, no, no. Just like orange and uh, McDonald's ice cream. It's very sweet.
1: It's very
3: confectionery.
2: He's, he's a grown man making um, an orange cream soda. Yeah. That's all you need to know.
1: I mean, it's wow. a I mean, day in bank. I mean, God bless America again, I mean, right. This is Memorial Day weekend. This is when you have an orange float, man.
0: Um, yeah, that's true. Oh, it does um, look delicious, yeah. by the way. We're <laughs> on video. It looks amazing. I'm very jealous. I'm drinking coffee right. to stay awake.
2: We're going to be chiming in, um, but please, Al, get us started with uh, what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Oh, man. The what matter are at hand, about? as they would say. The, I mean... I don't think anything too exciting happened this week outside of, uh, oh, yeah, just uh, pop culture breaking in half with uh, the Snyder cut. I didn't think we'd ever have to talk about this on a podcast because I never thought we'd actually see it come to fruition. But uh, I think, Bill, a long time ago, didn't we talk like when they were announcing HBO Max that we said like this would be like a no brainer for people? Like, this would be well, like, if
1: we, given my pension for drinking on podcasts and also having a terrible memory, we may have. Yeah, uh, I, don't
0: even, I don't even think it was a podcast. I think when they announced HBO Max, we said, like, oh, well, Warner's involved. Like,
1: yeah.
3: this,
0: would, this would make sense. I but would I didn't have, think I would it would bring up a point, happen. Uh,
1: just like a contextual point uh, <clears throat> that how big this announcement was. Uh, this was on, made on National Streaming Day which mm-hmm. was, I believe, on what was that, Wednesday or Thursday of this week. And um, Disney Plus basically was like, hey, we got all this stuff we're going to announce. And for the first time in forever, Disney Plus got shown up yes. by another streaming service. Also, Disney yes. Plus's offerings were not exactly groundbreaking. Um, but A little, little lackluster. Except for Muppets um, Now. I'm excited for that. Um, oh, my God. It's, it's what I've been hoping Disney is going to be doing with the Muppets forever. Um, exactly. Kat, before we get into the matter at hand, any thoughts on the Muppets and that show they announced for Disney Plus?
2: I think if you don't like the Muppets, you're probably a Nazi. Is that a bad thing to say? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah.
1: But I think there's still, a generation of kids that are still trying to get into that. Like, I'm just yeah. now getting, like, today, literally... My daughter got into the Muppets because of the Muppet Babies cartoon on Disney Junior.
2: Because it's not Uh like
1: as accessible. Like when we were all kids, like Muppets were always ever present. And they've tried the show on ABC, didn't really work. The movies were not the classics everyone thought they were going to be. So it's, I think this could be like much like HBO Max's Elmo late night show, which I know Al's very pumped for. (laughs) I um, cannot wait for that show. <laughs> I, I could care less. But uh, What? I mean, listen, Sophia, watch it. I'm, I'm a Muppets oh, man. guy. I'm not an Elmo guy. Uh, remember, I'm way older than all of you. Uh, I don't know how old Cole is. He's got He's like a baby-faced assassin in the corner drinking his creamsicle. Um, God, it looks so good. God, well, I told when you. I, when I used to <laughs> be able to drink soda, orange soda was my jam.
4: Um,
1: yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I'm stoked for the Muppets. But...
0: It's time to get things started, guys. What the actual fuck? As you mentioned, uh, Bill, during, during on National Streaming Day, Zack Snyder hosted a uh, like a watch along of Man of Steel yeah, uh, on the Vero. platform that I feel like he owns because he's like the only one on it, Vero. Um, and at the end, he did a Q and A. He brought Henry Cavill as like a special guest, and did Henry Cavill uh, have a mustache. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a good question. Uh, I don't he remember. Did
2: and he yes, did it, they edited it out.
1: No, oh. I, meant on the, I meant on the live stream. No, <laughs> I know. On the live stream, they edited. They it out. Did that's amazing.
0: It's no, so but he fun. was wearing like a like a uh, like a uh, what's it called like a tank and just look, at swole and uh, man, that is man crush material if there ever was one. Uh, and, wh- what? Sorry, what, what were we talking about? Oh, I mean, come on. It's not as great as Chris
1: Evans' uh, facial hair, which I think every, I think is a universal truth that yes. ev- most women love that and a lot of them oh, do. Like and the it, we all aspire to that facial hair. If, if you're a nice. guy, you aspire to that level of facial hair, Chris Evans. I'm
0: doing everything to avoid talking about the Snyder Cut. I'm sorry. I know. I know. So they uh, – so Bill, of course – just said it, but yeah, they uh, officially announced that in 2021, HBO Max will be releasing the long rumored. Uh, I remember me and Cat having full conversations about this on Facebook about this, the existence of this thing, uh, the Snyder Cut. They're calling just uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. We mm-hmm. do not. We have no idea if this is, of uh, you know, an actual film version or or a series like they kind of did with. Uh, um uh man what's the movie uh, Tarantino's movie on Netflix Hateful, uh Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight yeah so he he t- basically made his director's cut into like three acts like three episodes uh, who knows how long this thing is uh and HBO is going to be pumping like at least 20 million dollars into this if not 30 if not 30 and uh I figured this we needed to kind of just do an emergency podcast all about the snyder cut how we got here why did we get here uh what what is this thing gonna be what is this gonna be for the future of cinema and uh this is not really cinema the future of like popcorn movies i guess and uh or just bad movies in general um will they all just magically turn good who knows uh, but let's start with how do we get here? And I'll, I'll give you guys a little brief to make you feel, uh, old, terrible. And, uh, to make you feel uh, even more, uh, baffled at why ladies this is and gentlemen, I'm sorry. We have an interruption.
1: Little miss Sophie Bodkin making her first appearance on the podcast in a very long time. Excellent. Uh-huh. So come say hi.
0: Hi, Soph.
2: Wow. It is a party.
0: Yes. got a ton of people here now. Um, Excellent. So, how did we get here? Well, um, Kat, did you know that the um, the Justice League was released in November seven uh, November seventeenth,
2: twenty seventeen? 2017? Oh my God, that was, yeah. and we're still talking about it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, the original film was uh, was released in November twenty seventeen. In May of 2017, Zack Snyder had to step down for personal reasons, tragic loss in his family. Uh, Joss Whedon, uh, famous from the Buffy and the first two Avengers films, he was actually brought in a little earlier for some script like punch up. And he, was, he took over uh, and did two months of additional reshoots, $25 million in reshoots um, that also birthed Mustache Gate which Kat alluded to before. Um, The film, when it uh, was released in 2017, uh, made $657 million worldwide against a break-even point of $750 million. Uh, Critically, not great. Fans' reaction, also not great. Uh, I remember seeing in the theater um, and walking out of it saying, this was okay... But it was a mess, right? And and this is coming from basically a sequel to Batman vs. Superman, which was already a mess, uh, a more so even. I, I would think that's uh, – out of the two films, gun to my head, I'd have to watch Justice League before BVS. I, I've heard though that the director's cut is better. I can't – now See, Cole in the background is saying it's not. Good. I'm not going to watch it. Um, so that's how we got here. So – what, why does this make sense now for HBO Max? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off to Bill, who doesn't really care about Justice League nope. or DC movies in general, nope. but he does care about streaming services, and Great. especially a new streaming service like HBO Max, uh, which is going to be com- competing against Disney+, Netflix, and Hulu. Um, you see how I didn't say Quibi. Um, it's not going to compete against that at all. Uh, no. But yeah. Uh, um, I know what I will correct you.
1: I did enjoy what I did see of Aquaman. That was fun. Okay, I liked it. I thought it was fun I, and
0: Wonder Woman. Everyone, you know, oh dude, I
1: love Wonder it. Woman. That was, so, yeah. Wonder
0: Woman is pretty great.
1: And Sophie is can't wait for the new movie. So very exactly. exactly. Yes, eighty four <laughs> baby. Um, anyway, so um, what was the original question again?
0: Because we just so, we just talked about positive things, so I was like, oh, put it on your head. So. So they announced that yeah. this movie movie or show, however, however this is going to be brought to us, is going to come out in 2021 right. on HBO Max. HBO Max, I believe, comes out May 27th of Very this year. Very shortly, yeah. Yes, yeah. so that's going to debut with... Which know, the... we don't know officially all the details
1: of the debut and who gets it and no. what's happening. It's I a learning it's curve like... from what we've been told by the heads of HBO Max, even though we have a great relationship with Warner Media. It's still a bit of a cluster of this release... Why did HBO Max do this? Because quite frankly, they don't have a lot that's really blown anyone away that isn't originally tied to HBO. They have some cool stuff. Don't get me wrong. You know, If you're a fr- fan of Friends, which I know your wife is out, that's where you can find Friends. If you're a Doctor Who fan, that's where you're going to find Doctor Who. There's other stuff that's coming and it's in development. And unfortunately due to the current world situation, a lot of stuff is put on hold. I think they were going to I mean, one of the first things that was going to be that Friends reunion, that was going to be massive for them. Huge. So what you're doing right now is by putting it out there that the vaunted Snyder Cut is coming out is that the very, um, in quotes, passionate fan base, um, you want to get them to sign up for HBO, Max, excuse me, and since it's a big movement, you're going to get a lot, I mean. It has to be a big movement because they are taking a movie that is years old and are putting a lot of money into it to cut it uh, again and reshow it. So they want subscriptions. They want notoriety. They want to make a big splash. This is a big, splashy announcement. That's why they did this. This is a And it's also a shut-up decision because they were getting um, – um, if he wants to – if HBO – want and Warner Media want to shut people up and just like please stop the this campaign. This is mm-hmm. a great way to do it. Is it worth 20 to 30 million dollars? In my opinion, nope. But it gets a lot of eyes on a service that had a lot of negativity going into it because of the cloudy release and the price point. We've talked about this. 15 bucks. That's a lot of money, especially when I got other stuff I can get more things on. So, you know, that's that's why they did this, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And my humble, as they would say. No one says that about me.
0: <laughs> Kat, and to give you, like, a kind of a different version of the question, do you think this was more a financial decision or a, as Bill said, like, let's shut this, you know, very dedicated fan base up? Like, what, what do you think? Do you think best of both worlds or one or the other?
2: Well, I really don't think it was a financial decision because – financially this is the dumbest decision you could have made you're gonna drop another 20 to 30 million dollars into a movie that you had already had to dump an additional 20 to 30 million dollars in of reshoots after the first version wasn't up to snuff because of whatever happened i think like regardless of anything we talk about today the initial reasons of why Zack Snyder had to step away from the movie are terrible and awful. And, uh, obviously no one's particular fault, but, uh, if Warner brothers is doing this for money, then they need to fire whoever is telling them that they should do this for money because it's so stupid. I think they're doing this to make a headline, um, uh, simultaneously to make a headline and also to, essentially give into the uh, rabid group of ridiculous people who have been begging of this for years and i am calling them ridiculous people because they are ridiculous people i don't believe that every single person who wants to see Zack snyder's version of this movie is a terrible person but every person who has been part of this campaign online is a terrible person um and because this has almost nothing to do with a movie and everything to do with, uh, look at me, I'm important, and my voice matters, even though 98% of media is geared towards this particular voice, namely a, a white dude who likes comic books. Um, and I don't think that really anything good can come from this, but I basically I think this was really just a drum up... Uh, people excited for hbl max kind of like what bill said and to make a headline because now everybody's talking about it and everyone's talking about warner brothers instead of talking about other things that are going on
0: yeah i mean just as you said it's it, the fight the financial decision i don't know if it makes sense because uh, realistically and kat maybe you have an idea of this or even cole can chime in but like how many people is is this uh snyder cut movement is are we talking like hundred thousand? Are we talking like a couple million? Like, I, I don't know. I can't like the basis of it. It seemed that people were pretty excited about the news just in general. Okay. Um, and then you can also say that there's a big part of the fan base or just general people on Twitter saying like, this is a waste of time.
1: Well, here, um, but, so here's here's a, a rough estimation. This is based off an article from Vulture. That's I'm I'm also trying to avoid typing on my keyboard on the podcast, so I am on my phone. Is yeah. when they when the Justice League first came out, a petition to release a Snyder cut garnered 180 thousand fans. Uh, okay, uh, so. so here's my problem with this. Okay, for them to make their money back, like let's just say. Okay, you had a hundred. Let's just go with that. One hundred eighty thousand people. Two point seven mil times fifteen. You're how are you making any money back? Yeah, how it's, are you this, making money? This is this is a loss leader. This yeah. is well. the special at the bar, the dollar beers that gets you into to pay for more stuff because like yep. that's the only thing
0: it can be because you're losing so much money doing this but you're also going to get the curiosity audience, right? So you're going to get the well, the fucking the first one sucked. Yeah. Let's see if this is a even bigger train wreck. So and, I, and I agree. That, but that audience are too. Are you going
1: to is that audience big enough to make up 20 to 30 million dollars?
0: I don't think they're trying to. I think this I, I is like I this, think is this is just
1: this, they're trying to suck
0: people into HBO Max. Yeah. This is this is basically like their advertising budget because they are going to release this thing and it's gonna draw attention to the platform, and if people have to sign up for the the free month trial, they've hooked you in because you know what? Well, now that you're here, we have all the Snyder movies, and if you don't like that, we have yes. uh, every DC thing ever, and every Friends episode, and it's just—it's basically like a marketing campaign at this point because they—they know that the movie is already—you know—you would think with probably. Uh, dvd sales uh, blu-ray whatever uh, you know digital the movie has probably made its money back at this point Maybe. so now they're throwing what would this what would be basically marketing for a new movie into reshooting the movie yeah well
2: i think i think another thing that we haven't really talked about um that has been like a huge point of what the fuck for me is not simply that the, you know, there's like 180,000 of these goons going around saying like, <laughs> to like it's,
0: it's, there it's is like, some female goons too. I love it. Goons is sure. gender neutral. Oh, is it? Oh, bro. Yeah,
2: goons bro. Is gender neutral. Um, it's, it's not just that something I want to remind everybody is that Zack Snyder himself has been a part of this movement, which yeah. is, so baffling to me, considering that Warner Brothers is the one writing his tracks all the time. And he has looped in Ben Affleck. He has looped in Gal Gadot, which is insane to me because she her own movie coming out in, a, well, would have been a couple of months. And at this point, it's like, I kind of think they're doing it not only to appease the audience, But to get control of their actors and the people who represent Warner Brothers, because now this has become such a thing. I'll never forget, Cole, wasn't this a couple of weeks ago? There was like a Facebook group of people being like, we're storming Warner Brothers for the Snyder Cut. And it's like, what? Like, people are going to ram the Warner Brothers lot? To to go to like some woman's office and be like, you have it locked in a safe. Release it. Like first of all, yeah. no, they don't. We'll They're probably, in anything in a safe. Probably get
4: lost and ended up in
0: Freddy's
2: office. Yes, I wish that happened, and then people got arrested. Kind of like when they did that for Area Fifty One.
0: It's funny to me oh, that, shit, you that you happened. think that happened. I forgot about that. It did happen. Oh, by the way, little side note: my my son, uh, who I mentioned on the podcast, he um, has started like sprinting, and he basically does the Naruto run, which I remember from the Area Fifty One thing. He does hands back everything. I don't know where he learned it from. I don't watch anime, so it's very fun.
1: Don't don't, don't ever question where the gut comes from. Just accept it at this point, man.
0: Cat, I I, lo- I I have to rebuttal here because. I don't think it's, I don't know how you consider that baffling because if, if you were directing your, you know, magnum opus and you had to leave for personal reasons and they had, yeah, they had deadlines, the movie had to come out, right? All that kind of stuff. Wouldn't you want to still make your movie if it was possible? If it was possible, okay. and then I mean, on the other side of it, the actors, they have seen a cut of this movie and i think that the snyder cut has always existed because it's an assembly cut right he had all the footage and the the half-finished animations and you know storyboards and all that kind of stuff and has made his however long cut momoa has said he's seen it affleck said he's seen it and we've heard inklings online from people like kevin smith who've said like here's the things that were supposed to be in this movie And it's not necessarily like it would have made the movie better, but it was completely different than the movie we got, right? Mm -hmm. So if this movie is quote-unquote better, which Momoa seems to think so, Affleck, whatever, wouldn't they want their fans to see, well, I know you guys didn't like Justice League. I was way better in in Snyder's version. And also it's a second bite of the apple for them because there has to be some clause where if they're making a second version of this film, Mm -hmm. they're going to get money. They have to get money yeah that's I mean that's a lot of like
1: that's a lot of ifs ands and babies on that part because it's like you think about unless that's what part of the 20 to 30 million dollars is because Uh, they
0: said that they have to do like uh, they have to do voices and shit right yeah I mean if they're acting in it because this movie's not fucking done it's like
4: yeah
1: it's which I'm still like my theories are like it's it's a rough draft at best and I, yes, and I see what Al you're saying is like, but at the same time, it's like Justice League to me is it's not like fucking Gigli or uh, <laughs> what yes. the hell was that movie Mariah uh, the the movie Glitter Glitter with Mariah Carey or Hudson Hawk. I mean, this is not one of the or um, oh god, I'll forget the name of the movie. Shit. Uh, oh,
0: shit. Uh, is it Showgirls?
1: <laughs> yeah, Showgirls was terrible. No, I was thinking of one. It was with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman from back in the 80s. It was like – it's oh, like, it was also awesome. – was it called? Ishtar. Ishtar. Like it's not it. like – Wait, we, I got one more. One more. Real quick. Southland Tales Or Southland. Uh, Storm, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Starship Troopers. Um, Whoa. Mm, it was wow. that tank. Uh, it, uh, right. And it, it disappointed a lot of people. Uh, but it's like it's not like one of those movies where it's just like this notoriously garbage movie that is one of the worst things cinemas ever seen, and it's lost so much money. Like it was, I think I felt like John Mulaney. Say, I said, "Money, I've so much money, <laughs> like a hundred and eighty thousand um, dollars." It's just like it's not that bad. It's not yes, that malign. It's that, but Batman it's not Robin level. But, no, I, I, yeah, it's, I, I, it's 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 and so it's not like it's this indelible black mark on Ben Affleck's career because uh, I just mentioned one movie he did that was a shitload worse than Justice League. Like, yeah. it's not that bad where people are like, oh, you know what, dude, guys, like, there is a better mo- version of this this god awful abomination on cinema. It's
0: not the same because it's 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 you have a specific audience who was promised. Their their dudes uh. vision of the movie, and they got someone else's, and the, and his vision still exists in there. He oh, had a plan. The fucking they heart, completely heart completely breaks for these guys,
1: like so
0: hard. No, no, I'm just saying, so that
1: fucking hard. You is,
0: little fucking this, babies. Like this God. is different. This is different from saying, you know, a, an actor that I like made a bad movie. Right. Well, listen, Blade no Runner. Way to make there. Okay, Blade Runner.
1: Different movie. The original Blade Runner. There's multiple versions of that movie. Five! Yeah. Was Harrison Ford fucking clamoring for the other version to come out? No, he didn't give a shit. Neither did Sean Young. Neither did Edward James Olmos. These people weren't clamoring for it. Like, was Ridley Scott like, oh my god, like, let's have a movement. Sorry, it's sounded like Christopher well, so, there for a second. He made five fucking cuts of it. Yeah, I mean, like... It, and, it's and, like, different. It's a different movie, but like... and. They made money with it later on. I don't know how much they improved it or
0: not, but it's like,
1: wait, we do we have this public outcry for Blade Runner? No,
0: no, the director did it upon himself. So he had a vision of the movie. It's just the, like it's just they made them. They made him bring out another version, right? So he's like, I wanted the movie to uh, not have voiceover narration. The theatrical version did, I believe. I might be wrong on this. It did, and then. Yeah and then he you know had his first cut. I just
1: Listen, don't I just don't if get the
0: fucking cuts. <laughs> I just don't get the fervor that I get it. I
1: don't. I don't I get do. the fervor oh, of that that it went to this. I can see people saying like, "God, I wish yeah. we saw Zack Snyder's version." Uh-huh. But the extent, the toxicity, the vitriol, the bullshit, I don't get that. Why I, were these people so invested in this cut? I don't get that. Like, like, I uh, love stuff. Dude, I love yes. stuff.
2: Yes. That, that, that's that's the problem. Al, you, you brought up a fair point earlier saying, like, this was his apparently going to be his magnum opus. I shiver at the thought of that. 300 and,
1: versus magnum opus, in my opinion.
2: And well, isn't it so terrible that this tragic thing happened and he couldn't finish it? Totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. However, please explain to me, unless I have misunderstanding of this, then why did he give his quote-unquote blessing to Joss Whedon to finish it if if he really felt that way? Why couldn't he just say, like, you know what, guys, like, we need to shelve this for, like, a year or two? We started it. You go and do your stuff, and we'll come back to it. Like, like, I just don't understand why all of that would happen, and I agree with Bill. I Like, there have been... Different versions of this that have happened through history, and we've never had the actors come forward and be like, I'm so much better in this movie. Like, wh- whatever the bullshit is saying that it's mm-hmm. good, I-, I don't really understand any of that. And it I think part of the reason, Bill, why there is so much fervor is kind of like what Cole said so many people have wrapped their identity around this, which I don't understand. And that's a whole other psychological oh, I,
4: issue. I understand it.
2: But the point I want to make is that. For whatever reason, and I think this is just a matter of taste. It's a matter of taste I don't particularly agree with, but I will understand it. So many people like to call Zack Snyder a quote-unquote visionary. Personally, I don't think he's a visionary director. I think that he's a glorified music video director, and he would be much better suited to be a cinematographer or a director of photography. And he'd be great at that. That's totally fine. He could tell visual stories without scripts, without dialogue, without all that. And it's very well done. However, he can't develop characters. He can't uh, create a clear plot. All of his characters are one dimensional. And in my opinion, so much of his symbolism is like, uh, like first year film school level. And that's fine. And some people really, really like that. And that's cool. You like that and everything. But to create a movement that has been so steeped in misogyny and so steeped in attacking people online, I will not fucking stand for that. All for a version of a movie that I agree with what all of you have said. I personally don't think Justice League is that terrible compared to Batman vs. Superman. Between those two movies, I'm going to watch Justice League all day because to me, Batman vs. Superman is incomprehensible, so poorly made and does disgrace to two, to two different characters that are already so awful. And I'm also going to go so far as to say that in Justice League, you can tell the parts of the movie that have been done by Joss Whedon. Namely, they're colorful, and there's quips, and you could tell his directing style compared to Zack Snyder. And I'm going to say that Joss Whedon's additions to those movies to that movie are the best part of justice league. And there's no way that there's any version of justice league that is so incredible and so much better because so much of that movie is dependent upon the movies that came before it. And unless there is a new version of Batman vs Superman that is significantly better, there is no way that justice league is ever going to be interesting is ever going to be better than what we saw because the roots and the foundation of that movie are inherently bad. You're starting mm-hmm. on a bad foundation, and you can't rebuild something that was already so terrible.
1: I figured out why the actors got behind it, while you were saying that. Because oh, well. they they have futures in DC, and the last thing they want to do is alienate that audience. Like, yeah. Gal Gadot is going to get behind it, because the last thing she wants to do is piss off that movement, and then Wonder Woman 84 doesn't do the box office it should. You know, Ben Affleck still has stuff he has to do. He's not going to want to alienate that. They don't want to alienate that crowd. So they're being very political with that because they're thinking the long con, they're thinking their future. And that's why they did that. That's the only reason.
0: Yeah. I think Affleck has like a first look deal with like Warner Brothers. I'm pretty sure they produced Argo. Sure, I'm. I'm sure he has well, another yeah. South Boston crime
1: drama he's going to do that I'll watch. Yes, you know I
3: mean? but I also think they probably showed their support, probably with WB's blessing. Cause, yes, because oh, yeah, when they yeah. did the I mean, it kind of made it sound like WB was involved in you know releasing this for a little while now.
4: Mm. So
3: I, I think like everybody was kind of in on it, and they had like a plan, and then I don't know. I guess HBO Max sort of emerged, and that sort of help them solidify maybe some of their plans for what they were thinking of doing, but
1: because yeah, no way know. would they have made their money. That would have cost yeah. more money yeah. to put out that movie in theaters again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to just answer, cause Kat, you brought up a lot of great points. Um, I guess the only thing that I really want to go back on is, is, is the Snyder yeah. of it all. Right. Right. It, I think him giving the blessing was more of like, what other choice do I have? Because, I mean, Cole, I'm not going to get into specifics, but Cole works in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Probably one of the most important things that he has to deal with in his entire life is deadlines. They were never going to shelve that movie in any way. they I mean, they love Zack Snyder and everything, but that's millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars that they would be losing if they have to shelve it. You, you have to change the release date and all that kind of stuff. This is pre-pandemic, too. Like, I don't even know what's fucking happening now. Uh, but there was no... Way that was going to happen, right? So it was more like he, we're going to bring Whedon into you know he's already helping us out. Like we're right. going to bring him in. All right, great. I have other more important shit to deal with. And then you know his it, it's I, I I can only see it as like Dan Harmon level of like community, right? Like right. he gets fired, he gets to go continue with the show that he had in season three. He's not going to take plot lines from season four. That he had no involvement in, right? I know it's a little different, but in the sense that, like, that's his baby, and that this was his, this was Snyder's, like I said, his magnum opus. I just keep saying that because uh, it sounds horrible, uh, but yeah, like he, he if he had a slight chance of bringing his vision to life, he's going to do it. And listen, I like I like Snyder.
4: Mm-hmm. I
0: I I hated hated Batman vs. Superman. I didn't even like Justice League. You're on, you're on audio record stating how much you hated
1: Batman vs. Superman. You
0: I battled did. Dan
1: Absolutely. Cohen on that. You were like, I did. fuck you, man, I hate this movie. I did.
0: And I, I, I thought Man of Steel was decent. I thought it was pretty good. Um, there's parts of it I really like. I loved Watchmen. I was midnight IMAX for Watchmen because he did what no one could do and he brought... It's another fucking bug over here. It scared the shit out of me. Sorry. <laughs> he brought, um, he brought that comic it's a book Snyder to movement life. Coming to your basement. He brought, <laughs> he brought that comic book to life. Like that is one of my favorite stories ever. And he did almost like a shot for shot, panel for for panel adaptation. Something I've never seen before uh, outside of Sin City, which is still not even as accurate. I think. As Watchman is until the ending, which he's very bad at sticking the landing in any of his movies. <laughs> Maybe 300 is the outlier, I think. Um, but I, I think that's that's there's no question of like if you have the chance, if you're if you're a director who gets his movie pulled out from other room and there's another opportunity for you to make your version of it, you're gonna do it. No, regardless if you gave your blessing or not, like it's not even a money thing at this point. It's just like, I put years of my life into this movie and then they put out this, like what's so
2: crazy to me is stuff like this happens all the time. Uh, All the time. Like, like things like this happens all the time where directors will spend years of their lives, developing scripts, putting together entire movies, everything will happen. Like, and like, things will get shut down mid-shooting. Mm-hmm. Stuff like this will happen. And uh, no director, as far as I know, has done what is happening. Like, created a movement where demanding the the own studio that you work for give you 20 to $30 million to scrap together uh, what are essentially a bunch of puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. I think it's purely semantics when a lot of people argue like does the cut exist does it not exist I've always said it didn't really exist as a finished movie because clearly it didn't and a lot of people talked about like no he has like a version it's locked away like no the fact that they're putting 20 to 30 million dollars in this is proving that there was never a finished cut that there was never a presentable one because Mm -hmm. why else would you need so much money other than to put it all together and I I really just – I don't understand why it got to where it is now, and I really wish – I do understand that Zack Snyder wanted to bring this to life. I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. But think of how many other times in the industry this has happened to other people for different reasons, and no one kind of allowed – such a vocal minority to end up dictating what an entire industry is now doing and I know I'm kind of jumping ahead but I do think that this sets a bad precedent for what fans demand and what's going to be happening it's like do people even want a movie or do they just want something to reaffirm their identity and let them know that like your love of Batman and your love of these characters makes you whole
0: Uh. I will do one little quick thing. I think the reason it's gotten to this point, gotten all, you know, the giant fan base and, uh, you know, people flying airplane banners with the release, the Snyder cut and the the hashtags and the trending and all that stuff is because of the circumstances of how everything went down. Mm -hmm. Him not getting fired. Him, him have, him leaving on his own volition because of personal tragedy. Someone, another director being brought in, and then changing basically the entire plot, uh, everything of the movie. I can't think of another time that this has happened in in cinema, right? Because you know, I, I'll, we're going to talk about uh, uh, later. We're going to talk about dream dream scenarios with a Snyder cut. Or, or nightmare scenarios, but, like, when Lord and Miller were fired mm-hmm. from Solo, they were fired, right? right. When, um... Was it uh, Singer who was removed from Bohemian Rhapsody? Yes. Brian Singer. Uh, Brian Singer fired. A lot of these people were fired during production and then a director was brought in to, like, salvage it, right? This is the only time where a director had to leave, left. Another director was brought in the whole movie gets changed. So people had an expectation of what this movie was going to be. And they got a studio, you know, mess, right? They got a uh, two directors and just like an assembly, like nonsense cut that barely makes sense. And then mustache gate, right? Like it's, it's, it's I. when has this ever happened? It's, it's unprecedented that like the reason like it's so baffling to us is because it never happened before. Let me ask you a question. Like, has
1: there been a movie um cuz I just can't put the timeline in my head for the DC universe in that you know thread from, of Justice League. Has mm-hmm. there been other movies released post Justice League? Yes. Yeah. Name, name them. Sorry. Uh, I don't say Suicide Squad that's that's for another conversation. One, Aquaman. One, Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh shit. Like, so what are you worried about? Aquaman made a fuckload of money.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. were you
1: worried about those people not coming back? Because that's the only thing I could think about The giving in. It's like, these people won't come back. But they came back for Aquaman. Yes. And I'm, and oh. I'm sorry that – and I get why Zack Snyder wants to make it. But, again, I don't get the negativity. I mean, I guess it, that's just the fucking internet. Yo, uh, no, no, listen. And, and, I'm not – and I know you're not defending the never. toxic, misogynist fucking no, bullshit right. that happened. No, no I'm.
2: I'm, I'm you're not a part of this, and you have never been.
0: He's playing devil's advocate. He's trying to be a good host. <laughs> I'm I, trying. I'm really trying. And I, I listen. I've never been a part of this, and Cat knows this. Cat knows my 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 Twitter persona. I'm usually pretty positive, but it just, it just like I don't get why this movie, of all
1: movies. I get with Zack Snyder. I get what you're saying now. I really understand that. Mm -hmm. I can understand why he is about this. I can understand why these actors who maybe, you know, outside of protecting their own brand, they're close with Zack Snyder. They want to see his vision realized, especially since, you know, the marvelization of this movie, which I think pisses off more DC fans because there is a hard line in a lot of times between DC and Marvel fans. They didn't like the fact this got very marvelized. Which is yeah. fine, I get that, but again, I don't get. I just don't get the movement. I don't get why there was such an uproar for this film. I think I get it,
0: and it just I came think to me I now. It. Is I it think because I got
1: DC's like the fans are pissed off they didn't get an Avengers movie that made that much money and was yes. that like such much of a chestnut? Are they
0: that fucking insecure? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I get it. This is their opportunity from a Warner Brothers standpoint, right? This is their opportunity, and I think this is the only reason that they're doing this outside of bringing people to HBO Max. What if we botched Justice League? Like, what if we botched our DC uh, extended universe? And what if we had a chance to do it again? Like, do it all over. I don't know. You've
1: rebooted Batman 47 fucking times. Why not do it again? That's already happening, right? You know what I mean?
2: But make another Justice League movie. doesn't make sense to me. Here's what it. okay. I, I could understand, like, you know what? We never got to have our Avengers moment, and everyone was even more mad after Endgame was so successful. Like, <laughs> this sucks. We didn't get it. But from my perspective, I'm like, but you have the best female superhero movie that exists out there. In my opinion, Captain Marvel is nowhere near as great it's as, it's as Wonder Woman easy. was. Also, Shazam, in my opinion, was better than Shazam. Spider-Man Far From Home, was also, better than a bunch of the Marvel movies that came out. Also, yeah. don't
1: forget, uh, while it's not part of the DC Universe, this this new thread, you have the fucking Dark Knight, which, is, yes. which changed the Academy. Yes! What yes. more do you need? I understand you want more money, but you're not making money off this.
0: Like, I don't know what you want. Again, they were in the process of making their Avengers, like their extended universe with you know all the different threads. That's what Snyder was building, right? And at one point, it's funny to remember this: Christopher Nolan produced Man of Steel.
2: <laughs> Just yeah, throwing it did. out there. I so he, he I try to forget every day. I know. I, he, so, listen,
0: everyone has their everyone has their missteps in life. Yeah. But listen, they, they they successfully launched a Wonder Woman film. They successfully launched, not critically, but but financially, an Aquaman film. Shazam, as Kat said, is fucking awesome. It's a great movie. They were going to eventually have to do another team-up, but they fucked up the first one so badly that it makes sense now to, like, kind of re-fix that. That's not really a word, but you know what I mean?
2: Why not just make a Justice League 2? Why go back and try and fix a movie that now chronologically doesn't matter.
3: Right. Yes. Here's here's what confuses me about it is yeah. that to, to make the reason they recut Justice League completely and changed it from what they were originally configured it to be is because they were making Justice League right when Batman v Superman came out like they were already in the midst of making Justice League.
4: Yep. And
3: when that came out that had such an awful reception that that completely from what I understand, spooked Warner Brothers. And that, uh, in turn, is kind of what led them to want to just reconfigure Justice League. So it got rid of that like dark, gritty tone that Zack Snyder was going for. And I think they were kind of pushing him to do that. Because there's interviews with him where uh, they brought uh, journalists onto the set of Justice League, and he, Zack Snyder is talking about how he really wants to make the movie... Lighter and more comedic, and have jokes, and be like very like smart and witty. Mm-hmm. Like Zack Snyder is on record talking about yep. pushing the movie in that direction. And then you know, obviously, he had a tragedy tragedy occur, yeah. And they had to bring in another guy to do kind of what they were pushing him to do already, from what I understand.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So I mean, they had their reasons to completely change Justice League, and now every movie that's come out since then has sort of been following the turn that justice league was making which yes. was kind of a step more towards the marvel way of making movies yes. where they're just like you know they have like a certain kind of a plot there's certain sort of characters in it mm-hmm. there's you know pop songs or whatever like they now they are kind of taking the right lessons from marvel and applying it to their movies but to now go back and try and you know present justice league the way they were originally intending which was to create a whole different slew of movies it's than the one. they're all on. Yes. Like, we, we were supposed to have the yeah. Cyborg movie this year. Wow. Like, also, yeah. the, Flash. Yes.
2: Yeah, the Flash. Yeah, the Flash. I mean,
3: the, the thing is, though, is, like, you know, they had Justice League configured one way, and they were going to have a DCEU right. that was going to be one way. But now, since they changed everything... That they did with Justice League, that's sort of changed everything I they've know. done with their other movies. Like if if the original Zack Snyder Justice League had come out, we would have never gotten Birds of Prey, I'm certain. Like that probably wasn't even a part of the Which I thought was agenda. great, by the
2: way. Love Birds of Prey. All the more reason, based on what Cole had said, and based upon what you had said, I am now convinced. Why doesn't Warner Brothers just take the thirty million dollars that they're going to put to this and put it towards Justice League Two and have Zack Snyder direct it?
0: Yeah. Um, great, great point. And Cole actually brought up something that I totally like, like forgot was there was announced pre BVS, yeah. Justice League One and Two, yeah, yeah, it was. It was going to be a two-parter. And right. Cole, you're 100% right in the sense that post BVS, they were going for a lighter tone and Snyder uh, went on record and saying like that's what he wants to do. And yeah. I'm pretty sure he didn't, but he was told like make, make that happen. Yeah. I still think that his version is still going to have that. I'm saying yeah. that if, if the rumors are true that this was going to introduce, I don't know, the Green Lantern Corps – things like that, this could be, again, a way for them to remake Justice League in a way that's beneficial for them because it can introduce other properties.
1: It's it's, it's, it's helpful. helpful though, make, a 30, it's and make a 30-minute fucking thing, dude. I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like this is, Alice, to your point, and again, what, I just want to make clear what I'm saying about this, this movement. I'm not demonizing everyone in this movement. Mm-hmm. There are people who just want to see I'm this movie doing made. That, Bill. Was that?
2: You're not demonizing everyone, but I am. Uh, so I'm Bill's just, not. But I am. So everyone could be mad at me.
1: No, 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 no. That's no. fine. I'm. I'm trying to be fair because I mean, like, there are some people who just want to see this movie made. But I will never forgive what those other people did. Cause they're fucking assholes. Yeah. Plain and simple. So I'm just going to put that point out there. I just. It, they're backing themselves into a corner, and I think this is really just they're placating and looking for a headline at this point. Because if their goal was to lighten up the tone of these movies, well, then why re- spend the money to remake it? You're placating that audience to give them what they want, to bring them back to your next movies. Maybe, Al, like you said, they open up some storylines they didn't have before. And maybe this is the way that Zack Snyder does Justice League 2. So Justice League doesn't have this stink on it. Because now what you've done is you've placated the people who liked that film. And you've placated the people who hated the film. And now you can make the sequel. And now you make all the money. So you're spending money to make money. That has to be it. Besides getting people to your streaming service. It's I'm appeasing everybody. And that's it. And you know what? They're going to be really fucked if the Snyder cut is a piece of shit. And oh, it yeah. is unwatchable, as some people have said.
0: It's a huge gamble. I mean, it's a you, you, have gamble. To, you have to take that into account. They're basically- and I
1: guarantee you a lot of these people in the Snyder movement, and this is complete just me spitting off the top of my head, aren't even going to pay for HBO Max. They're going to get like VPN in it, or they're going to find a way to get it, get it for free. They're not going to pay for the subscription. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think that's probably true Bill but and I've seen what? and I've seen that Even in so
1: many mediums about people who are like I yes. want to support artists and then they don't fucking pay for anything. So it's like No. No.
2: No, no. the people who are like I, I want to do this for Zack Snyder they don't give a shit. They they don't care. They just want uh, a big movie studio to bend to their every need. Yeah. But what you're saying is let's let's just say okay, 180,000 people signed this whatever. Let's just be really really conservative and say half of those people 90k. You know what? We'll even we'll make it lower. Only 75k of those people actually pay for HBO Max. That is going to be a huge fucking win for Warner Brothers because that's actually a lot of people. And this isn't coming out until 2021, so let's say that no one really uh, subscribes until then. Like people are going to wait. These crazy people are going to wait until it's actually released on HBO Max, and then they're going to join. At that point. They're most likely not going to unsubscribe from HBO Max because by 2021, they're assuming they're going to have the Friends reunion. They're going to have all this other shit. i really just trying to think they're telling people, like, this thing is coming in 2021, so you have to be interested until then. And even if you unsubscribe after it's done, there's going to be enough stuff on there that's mm-hmm. going to make you interested. It's kind of like with Disney Plus right now. A lot of people are like... Why should I even be on Disney Plus when, you know, there's not a lot of Marvel stuff going on right now, but there will be Marvel stuff. There yeah. will be another Mandalorian season. There is stuff to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And without the Snyder Cut there, what is there to look forward to on HBO Max that, like, isn't just kind of like a couple of things that have popped up? Yeah. I think it's just to get people It's a lot of what you're saying Bill I completely agree And I understand why they did it I just think in retrospect this is such a mistake And it's setting a bad precedent Because who's to say That you know me And a bunch of other Marvel Marvel bros Aren't going to be like you know what Fuck this Mark Ruffalo never got his Hulk movie Let's remake the Incredible Hulk Fuck Edward Norton Like
3: They just put him into Incredible Hulk Like uh, Kung Fu what was that movie? Kung Pao, Enter the Fist.
2: Yeah, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. <laughs> they, they just like re—they just put him his face over Edward Norton, and they're like, "We need to do justice to the incredible Marvel Cinematic Universe." Blah blah. blah. It's just like, no, we don't. We don't need that. This—that's a bad yeah, where's, precedent. Where's
3: everyone rallying for uh, the Favreau cut of Iron Man Two, where he pukes on the plane?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're Listen, we're, we have a whole segment about does this set a bad president. We're going to get to that very soon, hopefully. Let's get uh, to it, man. But but well, by the way, they could just do a deep fake of the entire Incredible Hulk and put Ruffalo in there. I would, oh
1: yeah, they yeah. Could, I would be, love it.
0: That'd
1: be kind of cool. I'd, I'd watch like one or two I'm scenes. No, like. I'm kidding. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> that great. But I mean, it was, I mean, that wasn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't mind the. Anyway. The second Ed Norton, the one with Ed Norton,
0: the one with uh, what the fuck's his name?
2: Eric oh, Bana.
0: Oh, that was awful. That I mean, that's that's like it's funny that like that that's existing. still probably better than Batman vs Superman. Um, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. My mother's name is Martha. Go fuck yourself. How about that? Okay, <laughs> I was gonna the the next section. I was gonna say, does this make Warner Brothers and DC look bad in any way? I kind of think we discuss yeah. that discuss that yeah. in length. Yeah, we did. I will do this with a little quick one though. Is what the hell would this look like? And what do you guys prefer? I think neither of you are like very excited about this. But do you think that this would be a movie? or just by hearing about the length of this and then putting dark side in it and potentially, uh, you know, uh, introducing other characters, is this more, like, going to be, like, some sort of limited series?
2: Is this supposed to... It's, how long is it supposed to be? Three hours?
0: What
1: was the original yes, I don't know. originally, but it, that's, like, that's with a lot of stuff not done. So it could be yeah. longer. Could be Remember, this was, we know. This was the two movies.
3: cut was the assembly cut, and that's... The assembly cut is literally just everything they've shot, not really edited together. It's right. just all put on a timeline and then just played through. So that's like, they made like four hours of foot, but I don't think they would release that as like a, no. a movie because it's not
1: edited or yeah. any. Uh, You know what, like, I would love it if they did like a two hour cut, and then people are like, release the Snyder Snyder cut, you know, just like, (laughs) (laughs) we want to see everything. We want to see the animatics in it. Uh, it, You know, it all really depends on how much, you know, how much money they're looking to make, honestly, like, if you're HBO Max, it depends on how much content you have coming out at that point. Because right now, and and this I'm being realistic and not being totally sarcastic is there's a huge delay on new content. So if this is all in post and voice work, which can be done remotely, I have have friends in the TV industry too. I know how they're they're doing stuff is you might need to break this into two or more because it's just Mm -hmm. like we have nothing else new. Much like you were saying about Disney Plus, is like Disney Plus has this vault of content. Uh, But they have to repackage it a lot of times or or come up with new marketing plans to be like, oh, you should go back. And watch uh, Gravity Falls or you should go dip into this Fox stuff we have or these Pixar right. shorts or, or whatever because the one thing with streaming services, it's like the new video store. It's like, okay, it's released and then it sits there. Like right. how many people are watching the Apple Dumpling Gang? Because um, I always see this. If you type oh. the letter A, pops right up. It's like <laughs> how many people are watching that on Disney Plus? Probably not a lot. But it's there. You know, so it's like for HBO Max, it's like how much new content, especially with this halt in new production, are they going to have and how long is this going to hold over? I think personally it's going to be one movie. It's going to be the Snyder Cut because I think if they did it as a series, you get it more of a revolt because it's not a movie event. It's two parts. Um, So I think you're going to get in one very long movie.
2: I I think the the smartest thing they could do would be to release it as, like, a two-part movie. Like, in that, if you play it all the way through, it makes sense as a comprehensive movie. But then there is a natural halfway part. Just kind of like with, like, Harry Potter and the Deathly Mm, Hollows. Like, if you play that all the way through, it makes sense as one very long movie. But also, like, there is a natural pause in the middle. I can't really see how this would function as a series. Um, It was very strange watching uh, Tarantino's Hateful Eight as a television series. It made a little bit more sense in that case, because that whole movie is just kind of like a a play. It's -hmm. just like the same eight people Mm -hmm. in a cabin, pretty much. Um, I would be really surprised if they released released it as a series, especially because Zack Snyder doesn't really have a history of doing that. I think one, like, three to four hour long movie would be a lot, and we saw how many people bitched about The Irishman being too long. I, I
3: But that was a real yeah. movie. This this is, a fucking, <laughs> this is a fucking superhero movie, so let's sit there for five hours.
2: Yeah, that's true. What were you going to say, Al?
0: Oh, I was just agreeing with you. It took me four sittings to finish The Irishman. I still haven't watched it. It's so mad. It really it did. So long.
2: We saw it in a theater, so it didn't feels so terrible to me because your brain knows to sit down and pay attention in a theater, but
0: that's true. I've heard, I've heard good things about seeing it in the theater. Um, but yeah, so let's move on to the, the one that we've been really itching to talk about is, does this set a bad precedent? You know, we, there's already a a movement. (laughs) There's already a movement about releasing the, the air cut of, of Um, suicide squad. It's wild. It's (laughs) wild roll off the tongue as well air cut yeah, yeah is it a- is that how you say it by the way it's
3: david a- ayer right i hear yeah, i think
2: a- it's ayer's a- i think it's ayer i don't know
3: yeah
2: all right ayer. so
0: um suicide squad was a, a dumpster fire of a movie um it's very bad it has one maybe one and a half redeeming qualities the the one being margot robbie uh introduction of margot robbie as harley quinn Um, you have an okay dead, dead shot of Will Smith who somehow let people make a movie with him in it. Um, (laughs) um, I also liked, uh, who did I like? I liked, I hate the actor in, in other movies, but I actually liked him in this trying to remember. Captain Boomerang? Yes.
1: Yeah. He was in that Die Hard movie we were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, what's the actor's name, Cole? Uh, Jai, Jai Courtney. Courtney. Yeah. Never liked him, but I liked him in that. Like, there was the role he was born to play, and apparently yeah. he's going to keep doing yeah. it. Uh, he should, yeah.
1: yeah. I, he, see, you'll he, never get a cut of that because now it's like, we're remaking it. They basically took the mulligan. They said, guys, we're remaking right. it. Yes. So exactly. it's like, right, cool. And because and that was so bad, because, and that was a movie, the trailers were so good. And that's coming from me. Does not give was a it? shit. I thought the, tra- the first trailer, I was like, wow, this is great. I'm like, that can, looks can cool.
2: I please, can I please drop a very hot take right now?
1: Bro, that's why you're here.
2: Okay. Here is my extremely hot take. I think, with the exception of maybe like the last 20 minutes, cut out the t- last 20 minutes of Suicide Squad. To me, Suicide Squad is so bad that it is actually good. I think that movie is yeah. hysterical. Yeah, it's hysterically it's so bad. So funny. I remember everyone talking about when Batman vs. Superman came out, they're like, Oh, it's really not that bad. Like like the Batman scenes are good, but everything else okay, and everyone's like, Suicide Squad's the worst fucking thing I've ever seen. I watched both of those movies on the same night, like a year after they came out, and I was like, Suicide Squad is significantly better than everyone said, and Batman vs Superman is way fucking worse than everyone said. Is Suicide Squad a real movie? Absolutely not. Nope. Is it hysterical? Yes. Yes. Because I think to a certain extent it knows it's not a real movie. It's effectively a bunch of music videos. And, and, well, it was, Bill, re-cut, by
1: the tra- it was recut by the trailer exactly. company. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And you saying that you thought the trailers were really good, it's because it was cut by a trailer company that yeah. is designed to make even the shittiest movies look interesting. And then you had those same people cut the movie together, which is insane. I don't know whose idea that was. But to me, I think Suicide Squad, with the exception of the last 20 minutes, which just is objectively terrible, is hysterical. I watched the movie and I laugh. I think it's so funny. Viola Davis, who is an Oscar winner and I think an incredible actress, is so fucking repulsive to me in that movie. (laughs) I think she's an
1: Emmy winner, too, by the way.
2: She is. But it's like for an hour, we're cutting back to her, like, masticating this piece of steak. I'm like, what? Uh, 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 I'm
1: chewing for everyone who doesn't know. (laughs) It's yeah.
2: <laughs> so bad that I'm laughing.
3: Eating it with David Hoff, with, uh, Hopper, with oh, a Hopper Stranger Things. Oh,
2: God. It's just so terrible. Yeah. And, and,
1: and
3: you don't
2: need to remake it. Cut, it, it. This air cut is fake. Like, everyone needs to stop. Let let James Gunn make this Suicide Squad, whatever it is. It's going to be great. We're all yeah. collectively agreeing that the first Suicide Squad we're forgetting, though I'm not going to forget it because mm. I think it's so fucking funny. Yeah. And we're just moving on.
3: That's why I don't understand why they don't do that with Justice League. Yes, like they, that's what I'm saying. Like they're basically just taking from Suicide Squad what worked, namely Margot Roby, Captain yes. Boomerang, and now they're just kind of ignoring it or pretending it, it didn't happen or sort of minimizing its
4: And they added imp- the word federal, the title.
3: And they just brought in like a new director to do like a whole new thing with like some of the same Characters. Yes. Like so here's, here's
1: my question about this movie: Will Smith's not in it. I know.
0: No it's scheduling out?
1: conflict. Who's taking his spot?
0: No. Uh. Oh. Um. Uh, Idris Elba, but not as Deadshot. Okay. He so going, he's not taking his the, spot as the character. No, I'm a, saying they they brought in Idris Elba to play another role. They could great. not. They didn't want to. They didn't for some reason. I guess maybe uh, Will Smith has like a a think, contract. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, and then uh,
1: who's playing the Joel Kinnaman part? Probably I Joel Kinnaman. No, oh. I think he got bounced.
4: I hated him. He I like so him
1: bounced. in other stuff.
0: Um, uh, yeah, he looks like every white actor.
2: He's he's really like, he's another part of the movie that is so funny to me. I'll never forget the line where he's like, "That's Katana. She the souls of the people she killed in her <sighs> sword," and he says it like that. Who was like, "Yeah." Great <laughs> oh,
1: take. by the way, okay. So, if anyone oh. wants to know. So, yes, Margot Roby is back. Yes, Viola Davis is back. Hopefully, chewing Fuck. his steak. Uh steak. Joel Kinnaman is back. Jai yeah. Courtney is back. Yeah. David? They added uh, oh, a... Dav- oh, wait,
0: man. is Polka Dot Man. Wait, Yeah, I know. I can't wait for that. John um, Cena's uh, in it. It's uh, Dabashilshin, I yeah. think. He was also in Ant-Man. And yeah. he was in... uh Dark Knight. Uh, uh, Dark Knight, yeah. He's one of the are uh, also going to get Idris Elba John
1: Cena... Flu Nathan Fillion, Peter Capaldi, Pete Davidson,
2: it's Alice Braga, Sean
1: Gunn, Michael Rooker, Taika Waititi. Oh, so basically half the fucking of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. I when it comes to the air cut, I 100% agree. Like, no move the fuck on.
3: Okay. Well, the thing is, it's like they couldn't even do that because originally in the in the air cut. Right. The bad guy they were fighting was Steppenwolf. So, like, yeah, if they yeah. were... Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's true.
3: Because... Of, so, if they were going to do the air cut, they would have to film stuff with... Uh, what's his name? The, that English actor. Uh, and then was- just do all the Steppenwolf CGI. And oh, yeah. No one God. even liked him.
2: Remember how bad Steppenwolf looked in that movie? Oh. He truly looked like a video game character. I know people say that a lot. you want to shit on things. He... He literally looked like a video game character. The CGI but, was so bad. From the at CD-ROM Cooper.
1: video game, like he was on like Panasonic 3DO. Just, does, Just does to Marvel, date myself,
0: does like who does Marvel use for their visual effects? Like, do they have like like ILM. Uh,
1: they used ILM for a bunch of stuff? I, mean, I was
3: going to say like, Favreau do they have
0: like? That? Do they, they have a,
1: used
3: ILM? They use Weta. Um, the way I understand it is a lot of the big studios they are fucking Disney. Have to Utilize a bunch of different studios for yeah. different things, right. I mean, and they, they all pretty much use the same ones.
0: Well, that's my question: Is who the fuck is doing the DC ones? Like, it looks like Microsoft Paint is involved.
2: Someone's drunk uncle, definitely.
0: right? Like, it, like uh, because they reshoot
3: so much, so like they they, they have like such a time crunch between yeah, their true. shoots and their releases, and like I mean, that's why it works so bad. I mean,
0: everyone yeah. loved Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot, uh, Gal Gal uh, Gadot in it. But, I mean, I always say, man, that third act sucks because of fucking Ares. But you know what? Like, you it's know what not, saves it?
1: it? You know what saves yeah. it? It's the Chris Pine storyline. That's what saves it. Hell yeah. He, he crushes it. Because that's what they don't – they don't care about the bad guy. It's like, and there's a bunch of Marvel movies where, like, the bad guy is, like, completely irrelevant.
0: But mm-hmm. it's like oh. Thor Dark, yeah. So,
4: so, Honestly,
0: yes. so awesome. we're, we're all in a agreement that this 100% set, sets a bad precedent because we're giving fans the control – which is not necessarily a good thing because there is no like definitive right answer, right? So with that in mind, if you guys could pick a film that deserves the Snyder Cut treatment, uh, what would it be? I'm going to start with Mr. Botkin. Yeah, I'm just going to go with
1: my one-man movement, the hashtag Delete the Point Break remake, because that movie fucking sucked. Uh, it, it's actually not a terrible movie. If it was not called Point Break, it would have been perfectly passable. But... It was like Point Break just to, as they say in wrestling, pop a rating, you know, basically get some eyes on the prize. And that was it. I thought it was a terrible movie If as a Point Break remake. Um, Point Break obviously is what Pop Break is named after if you didn't if you didn't get that pun. Uh, and Cole it's totally cool. Um, but it's like – that's yeah. the thing. It's like I don't really ever – and, and like do I – am I serious about that? No, I'm not. Like people worked on that. People make money off that. They went on to have careers because of that movie great, cool, awesome. I don't ever want to see this happen again, nor will I ever be that incensed about a film to see that happen, to wish that upon any film. I might be disappointed, but you know what? And I'm going to sound like such an asshole and such like an anti pop culture person when I say this. I've had real life happen to me. That doesn't fucking matter. Like, I am not going to dedicate that much time, energy, heart, and vitriol to anything in the world of pop culture. Yes. Do you see who our president is? I'd rather dedicate it towards that. Okay? Like, I'm, I don't care that much about something. Like, I love movies. I love music. I love wrestling. I love television. I'm not losing my shit over something like this. I'm just not.
2: Because you're a stable adult.
1: Very questionable yeah. statement that you just made. You're an adult. <laughs>
2: I'm an you're adult. You're an adult.
1: I am, I am aged... To be an adult, yes. Um,
0: I. Uh, that's a great point, Bill. I. I mean, I think it's a little different deleting a movie than changing a movie. Of but I. And I'm gonna, It's a joke. Most. I will. I will accept your answer only you because I can to. get. I, only because I can also steal your original pick, um, which I don't even know what that was. So go ahead. That's great. I'm going to actually uh, Cole, and we're going to save uh, the best for last with Cat. I'm. I'm still thinking about my. All right, then I'll send it to Cat. We'll save the best for last with Cole. Um,
2: I could let you. I could let you borrow one because uh, initially, when we first talked about this, I was like, "Oh, George Miller's Batman would be awesome." George um, Miller's
0: but- Justice League.
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, sorry, yes. Sorry. Sorry, I misspoke. No um, jo- uh, George Miller's Justice League, but I won't say that. Um, the one that I'm going to say, um, I've thought about it, is that. I would love if um, the amazing Spider-Man movies uh, directed by Mark Webb um, that I also believe shouldn't exist, if we just scrapped all of that Um, I really don't think we need another Spider-Man movie, but for the sake of argument I think it would have been amazing to go with Uh David Fincher's Spider-Man, which uh, was in development not once, but twice Um, once the first time came up Uh, when they were going to do Spider-Man at all back in 99 and they ended up going with Sam Raimi. But around that time, uh, David Fincher talked about giving his version of Spider-Man, which would have been so fucking wild. Mm -hmm. Um, And then again with um, amazing Spider-Man, when that came um, up, David Fincher came back in still trying to pitch his version of Mm Spider-Man. And the reason I think it would be so awesome to see this version one, because I would die for David Fincher. He is an incredible filmmaker Everything he has done is great. At least great. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, though? Yeah. I will allow it.
1: I like the the original one better. I
2: never seen the original. Let Let me rephrase. Everything he has done is at least good. He has not done anything bad. I think that that movie is good. It's fine. But he has done some amazing, amazing movies. We've talked extensively. I feel like almost every podcast I bring up Zodiac. One of the greatest pieces of cinema ever made. First movie it's
1: ever took my wife to see. Wow.
2: Romantic. Hard choice, man. I'm going to marry you after she saw that. I get it. <laughs> that movie is three hours long. And if it was, the, it should have been four more hours long. I would still be sitting there watching it. It's amazing. But David Fincher's Spider-Man was going to be amazing. And here's why. Um, initially, the movie would have started right away with Gwen Stacy dying so we would Mm. we would have jumped right in to meeting Peter Parker after he's already Spider-Man they're not really going to go into the origin story we don't really need it we don't need it it's it's not really part of it um he said quote I was never this is David Fincher quote I was never interested in the Genesis story I couldn't get past a guy getting bit by a red and blue spider totally fair So David Fincher was more interested in the idea that there's kind of like this mutant man or this mutant teen whose girlfriend is killed by a villain and kind of how he handles that and how everything comes together. Um, And he talked about how the opening uh, title sequence would be kind of similar to, um, ding, 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 Zack Snyder's Watchmen where it's covering the events of everything that, um, happened in his life. So maybe we would Mm -hmm. see Uncle Ben die there, but it would be like, that would kind of all be the backstory. And we would Mm -hmm. just head right into, um, Green Goblin would be the one to kill Gwen Stacy. And it would be really, uh, not just like a superhero movie, um, from beginning to end, but would explore like Peter Parker as a character who's, like, mourning this loss, who feels completely responsible for the death of his girlfriend, all of this stuff, and it would be kind of like a psychological thriller and everything. And we haven't really seen, like, a really dark Spider-Man movie like that before, kind of for maybe for good reason, because the comics weren't particularly dark like that. But I think it'd be really interesting to see, like, a very competent and skilled director handle a story like that they ended up Mm -hmm. not going with him because they wanted a more like straight edge like comic version of the movie but Mm -hmm. i think it would be really cool if we just got rid of those andrew garfield versions and have like a, a darker new version where gwen stacy's killed right away and then we explore like the psychological terror of this character so that's that's my pick
0: As much as I would love to see that, I mean, I think, yeah, if we got rid of the Garfield movies and got that version, I still don't think it would be to the level that the new Spider-Man films are. I think Tom Holland is fantastic, um, and those movies are great in the context of the current MCU. If we were going to get a straight-up Spider-Man adaptation like we've gotten a million times with Batman, I think that would have been cool. I don't know how fans would have... Uh, thought of all the rape that would be in the movie since it's a david fincher film um, <laughs> also
1: would i think worked would have been really great as a series yes
4: yeah like,
1: Yeah. cuz we Ooh saw what cuz i was thinking i was mumbling and you know, i'm sure you'll hear a mumble on the Just no budget uh it was you know i was like was well, fincher done tv and then i remember mindhunter mindhunter awesome. Hunter yeah. i mean to see great. a like a that version of – I mean he's not going to be Mindhunter but obviously – but like seeing a yeah. dark version of that over a protracted yeah. uh, period of time produced by David Fincher with Spider-Man I think would be super cool. And it would allow for way more character exposition mm-hmm. and going in depth in his, in his mental state where, where I think with a right. movie you got to shove – like for that much maybe you have to shove a lot exactly. into there. I think I'd be, so, right. be so into that. It would be awesome. I yeah, am a big Fincher fans also, or add, Christopher Nolan uh, as Spider-Man which would be like <laughs> we'll talk about him later I,
2: I would watch like Christopher Nolan's Kite Man like it would be amazing um <laughs> face I also want to add that this idea of David Fincher doing Spider-Man that, that to me like it, it wouldn't be a replacement of Tom Holland's Spider-Man it would just be a totally different side thing like I hate to compare it to Venom but it would be just like this offshoot thing of like or like Spider-Verse. Yeah, it would be like yeah. it would be like Spider-Verse. It's just like a different take on the character um, through like maybe a darker lens. I don't know. I think it would be interesting. Tim
0: Burton Superman you, with Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yes. I can go into an, an entire – probably a whole other podcast about why I would both want and not want that David Fincher Spider-Man – Uh, mostly because having the movie start with the death of Gwen Stacy is like starting Man of Steel with uh, a little kid pretending to be Superman in a world where Superman doesn't exist. It, you know what I mean? It's a little weird because you you can't start with the death of Gwen Stacy because it's not the, it doesn't it makes no sense. Green Goblin becomes Green Goblin because like the great thing about Spider-Man is he kind of makes his own villains. Like he's kind of personally responsible for turning the villains into villains. And like they did that in the Ramy film, Remy films. And they were like first two. That's why they work so well. Is like, he's kind of responsible for fucking everyone's life up and his own in the process. So having the, the movie start with the death of Gwen Stacy, it, it, it it's a disservice on the character, personally.
2: I think, I think what you're saying is fair. I think the only reason I think it's interesting is because it's kind of refreshing to have a quote-unquote superhero movie that isn't bogged down by the origin story. And, I mean, imagine, take out Spider-Man. Just say, like, imagine you meet a superhero and the first thing you meet about them is that, their girlfriend who didn't even know that they were a superhero at that point is killed because of a villain that they were fighting. And like, that's where you start. I'm like, that sounds really interesting because the movie effectively that I think Fincher was trying to write, wasn't really about Gwen Stacy. It really like it, re- it really wasn't even about him being necessarily a superhero. Yes. It was just about like this teen having to deal with this huge burden of the death of his girlfriend and also everything else. I totally see what you're saying. I just basically I just want to see David Fincher make movies and yep. I think it would be cool to see him take on this character, but I completely
0: agree with you. 100% agree though. Like I'd also want to see cuz I love David Fincher to death. He's the best. Um, Cole, have you figured yours out?
3: Yeah, I think I have a couple little ones. Um, okay. I would really love it if we just ignored that Hellboy reboot and just yeah, let Guillermo Toro make his Hellboy 3. That's a movie where what the there should be that? such a strong outcry for that, yeah. and there really isn't. But, I mean, that to me is like a real injustice he made those two movies, and then I don't know. I guess like Mike Mignola was like a little bit. He's like a little bit sour. He he about. was
1: yeah. He, supposedly yeah. he was super pissed at the direction Del Toro took it, so this was more his in line yeah. with his. And but I also want to say like the makeup for David Harbor I thought was abysmal. It was, yeah, comical. It was really Comical. It was like really bad. It was like low budget trauma shit, and that's an I, insult I to low it. budget trauma shit. I couldn't make it one minute into the movie.
2: He, he literally put it on and he's like, I can't. And he turned it off.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did the same. Uh, I did the same. Yeah. yeah. And I love and, the first two Hellboy movies.
3: Yeah. Right. The the first two are great. and I love them. So odd about Mignola being so, like, down on them is he was, like, heavily involved in both. He
1: I feel was, like, like in 2, in, somehow he got cut off from it. Or he, like, that's where he, yeah. 2 is where he went the other way like one totally and then two it was like Rrr. but he he wrote
3: two that's the
1: crazy part he's like one of the
3: credited screenwriters of it
0: weird Which is, Well, doesn't mean he wrote it they usually yeah. give that to the comic the original comic book creator source like yeah. based on the works of and he probably was part of that right potentially you said you have a couple other ones for us or another one
3: um yeah i i would love to see Speed Racer
0: 2. Oh yes. Apparently,
3: See, apparently I, a script for that
0: exists. I Listen, love
1: I, I, Speed Racer. I,
0: I love all of these ideas, but no one is answering the initial question: What is the Snyder Cut?
2: No, I
3: know.
0: Right, uh, right. Because we're ignoring it. Say it again. We're ignoring it. Edgar Wright's Ant Man. Yes, so that's definitely one. Like I would, I Bill mentioned that too. Like Edgar Wright's Ant Man is like one of my favorite like what ifs, right? Because he he was attached to Ant-Man before Favreau was attached to Iron Man. Yeah,
2: that okay. was
3: and Back. Tag. before the MCU was even a thing.
0: Yes. And he casted Paul Rudd. He wrote the original, uh, script with Joe Cornish is like, uh, writing partner outside of Simon Pegg and now a and producing partner. Yeah. he also did like the amazing um the test footage which they showed at comic-con which yeah. you can still find on youtube of like what it would look like and the the movie did become that version but like it still doesn't have that like Edgar Wright touch and I think that's the whole reason they took him off the movie Is like this is too dissimilar from anything else we plan on yeah. making it it won't fit like there's no all the MCU films have the marvel treatment right they all feel and look the same and then you have someone like taika and james gunn bring their sense of humor and like okay. action style into it but don't don't change the formula edgar wright would have 100 percent changed the formula it's just his directing style yeah. uh, same thing with a fincher version of an mcu film it would just not it would never happen
4: totally
0: uh, yeah colin Trevorrow.
1: Fuck rest, that <laughs> I'm that's kidding. Crazy. I don't want to see.
4: Uh, funny,
3: you,
2: that's not even funny, Bill. You—that's not even
3: actually, funny. He actually shot that down himself. He was what? like, "We don't need to
0: see that." No, I'm no. kidding. What? I don't. I, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't. So someone, someone mentioned it wasn't. It was what? It wasn't any of you. I oh no, it was on. It was someone on my like Facebook mentioned uh, the original director uh, cut of Rogue One. I don't want to see that either. Oh. I do. No, fuck that I, I know well,
1: I'm, Maybe I'm more interested in hearing what that version was.
4: Not good. Maybe I
1: want to. Maybe I want to read an article of. This is what it was because I yeah. like. Yes. Well, I love Rogue One, so I'm like, I don't well, need to see another version. But like, it's just because let they me know. added the things they added to it made it better. Right, I just want to know what it was. Right. Like, um, that's that's. I guess where my curiosity lies. Give me the book. Give me the article. Cool. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Cap?
2: But my understanding of Gareth Edwards' version of Rogue One, it just – it didn't have as much Darth Vader. Um, It was very much just trying to be, like, its own thing separate from, like, you know, CGI Carrie Fisher at the end. And it didn't have, like, Darth Vader, like, literally going – trying to kill people to get the plans, all of that.
0: Oh, you mean the best part of the movie?
2: The part of the movie that actually makes you, like, stand up and say, like, oh, I care about people again.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you didn't cry about the Mads Mikkelsen scene? Because I did. I, I just, like, I God just God. like him. I thought he had an awesome death.
2: Yeah, that's true. I, I did. I was kidding. There, but... that, that's a whole other thing. Rogue One is a whole other
3: th- podcast. <laughs> but it
1: really it could is, be. Because I can't name four characters from that movie. Well, one of them's getting their own Disney Plus series, so...
2: I surely laughed when I found that out. Oh, <laughs> no,
1: I'm totally for it. I'm so I'm for too, that because, the because like best part of the movie, if is, you take that yeah. character and make it a because uh, I believe Dan and I talked about this before, way like like when that came out, it was like our year-end movie podcast. It was like I was like I would love to see the Rogue One the series. I think it would have – like I love the movie. I think as a show would have been awesome. You could like it have better espionage yes. type thing. And if that's what they're going for with that show with, um, uh, I can't remember Ed Diego Luna's character. If if you're going to give me like an espionage Star Wars? Cassian? Cassian andor. um, Cassian
2: andor.
1: Like if you give me an espionage Star Wars, um, as the kids would say, I'm about it, (laughs) about (laughs) it. They don't say that. Like the Mandalorian?
2: Mandalorian? Sure. Yeah.
1: That's what what I want. Yeah, I want that.
0: that. Agreed. Um, I will quickly say mine. I briefly said it before, but I think a Lord and Miller cut of solo would be significantly yeah. better than the film that, uh, Ron Howard made. And i like, I do too. I actually like it and think it's more, I honestly, I think it's better than rogue one because if you cut that you last scene out, out of rogue the one movie sucks, it's mm-hmm. not a good movie. And what's the point of that movie? I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand the need for that movie Yeah. because it's not needed. Everyone, everyone, spoilers, everyone fucking dies. That last scene with Vader showing him at his most badass is the reason that movie is memorable in any way. And people say they like that movie. You could quote me on that. I think Solo is a better movie. What were you going to say, Cole? Uh, no, I said it, it, it is a great scene.
1: Yeah. It's a great but scene.
0: It's the only scene. It's <laughs> right. Exactly. Hard to
1: disagree, but okay.
0: Listen. Lord and Miller, uh, for for people who don't know their last names, it's the reason we have Spider Verse, uh, twenty one and twenty two Jump Street, two of the best comedies Lego ever. Twenty two yeah, Lego movie, twenty two Jump Street being maybe one of the best comedy sequels of all time
4: yeah, because it
0: knows that it's a comedy sequel. It's great. Yes. One of my favorite. Maybe one of my favorite lines of all time. Oh, it's a meat cute in White yes.
1: Russell and Truman uh, Kaine. Oh. <laughs>
0: By the way, it took me three times when I uh, to see this one joke in um, uh, the third time watching that movie. the uh, The guy who they're investigating, who they think is the drug kingpin, yeah, and he turns out he's not. And the way they find out is uh, by the school that he went to. And Channy uh, Chani Tatum says, "Oh, what's what's that tattoo? Oh, it's the uh, it's from my school, the Plainview Red Herring's." And I'm like. You didn't get that the first time.
4: Yeah. I
0: did not. I did not. <laughs> cool. It's, I'm I'm very slow, but that is the one of the fucking best jokes that's, in that movie. That's slow as a snail, there, brother. I am. I am. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Like th- those yeah. guys are geniuses, and and it's it's bad overall just bad ideas flowing like let's let let's get Lawrence Kasdan in like that sounds amazing oh no wait he's gonna he's not gonna like these young fucking hotshot directors telling them how to make a solo movie that just didn't work the, the having the Kasdans involved uh yeah, no, it was good on paper it was not good to do
4: nope.
0: uh in reality and I would have loved to have seen that movie
4: yeah.
0: uh, but let's uh Let's let's release the Snyder Cut from our, our collective consciousness. It's um, this is, That's right. Um, this is probably the longest we've ever been on a topic outside of Tiger King, and that's the mention. Um, so oh, I'll let's, just
1: do the other mention. Logan Fowler's never going to be on this podcast.
0: Never going to be on it. Um, uh, <laughs> Not, no, like Not like he listens. Not like he listens so he doesn't get the joke. That's true. He will one day uh, when he can listen to podcasts again. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, now he's got a baby on the way, so he's never listening to a podcast again. (laughs) Ever. Um, So let's get into uh, the the topics that we usually cover during podcasts. We're going to start with the watch list, I believe. Yeah, let's start with the watch list.
1: Let's let's give it to our guests, mostly because Bill didn't come up with an answer for this week. So, Kat, why don't you start us off? And, Cole, feel free to uh, trickle in. Knows that joke I threw in there uh, on yeah. anything you want to put in there.
2: Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I have three, three recommendations. Um, I won't spend too much time on all of them, but they're all very different. Uh, one, if you are looking for a nice hour long drama, that is a group of adults having serious conversations and, uh, just generally a good time uh a little show called better call saul um you don't have to be i think uh a fan of breaking bad i will admit that despite seeing all of breaking bad it wasn't my favorite show um i have a lot of issues with that show but uh i have since watched all of better call saul there's still one more season to go. Um, we just finished season five. Yeah. Season five.
3: Yeah, we've watched all the show.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's so excellent and so good. Bob Odenkirk is wonderful and amazing, and would highly recommend if you're looking for an hour-long drama. Um, if you're looking for something lighter, a 30-minute comedy, um, cannot recommend enough uh what we do in the shadows.
1: Mm-hmm. We were it just is... talking about that two episodes ago, and I am kicking myself for not seeing that watching uh,
2: it yet bill you must you must season two is on right now um it's on fx but you could also watch it on hulu yeah
4: um
2: it's just so good uh for fans of Tycho atiti and Jermaine clement the flight of the concord guys like if you've already listened to their podcast you know everything about it but it's just so good i recommend it to people who like vampire stuff who like horror things and also just like comedy it's it's just so good um and a,
1: just real quick if you guys like that show i'm trying to i'm just trying to get the name of it matt berry who's one of the stars of the fx series yeah. uh he was on a very quick uh brief series probably six to eight episodes an ifc half an hour each it's called Year of the Rabbit, which was a bit of a send-up of like Peaky Blinders, Ripper Street, like these, you know, costume yep. drama, crime dramas that are all souped up to with today's music and grid and high gloss uh, cinema. So definitely check that out if you guys are into that.
2: Oh, cool. sounds good. Uh, and it's super that.
1: quick. Yeah. Super quick.
2: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. definitely, uh, what we do in the shadows for um, a half-hour comedy, hour-long. Uh, Uh, hour-long drama definitely recommend better call saul i know that al is also a fan and my last recommendation um this is if you're i don't think you need to be a comic book fan but it really helps if you are i cannot recommend um the 30 minute animated comedy harley quinn um which is currently on dc
1: universe
2: it's on dc universe
1: it's going to be debuting on sci-fi if it hasn't already
2: Yes. 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 Um, season <laughs> two is currently on right now on uh, the DC Universe. Though so I think eventually this will all go to HBO Max. Yes, I mean,
4: hasn't hasn't been, been decided yet. HBO Max. I probably
2: yeah. Will. Okay. Probably. Um, it's so good. It is honestly so so good. Um, the voice acting is amazing. You have like some classic people like um Alan Tudyk. And Tony Hale, um, Kaylee Cuoco plays Harley Quinn, which I haven't really been like a fan of her in the past, but I think that she's really, really good.
3: She's good, and she was in this Harley Quinn movie like a, a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and I, I, I really didn't like her in it. Um, but <laughs> I think she's actually kind of grown into the role, and she's sort yeah. of made it. Her own. She doesn't sound like the the original voice actress. No, but she's kind of like brought that character into like a new dimension. I think. Yes, um, she's so
2: good. Yeah. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Lake Bell who plays Poison Ivy. Lovely she film. is. She's so so yeah. good. Yeah. There's so many great characters. Like I have so many it, favorite characters. It
3: has the best version of Bane.
2: Yes, I was going to say Bane. The the version of Bane that's in it is. An open parody of um, Tom Tom Hardy's The the guy's
3: doing a Tom Hardy impression. He's doing a
2: Tom Hardy impression. It's just so great and so satisfying. Also, the animation is great. It's viscerally violent, but so funny... And really great. Cannot recommend those three A lot of good actors
3: in it. Like, Alfred Molina plays Mr. Freeze in it. Yes. It's like, Mm, I mean, you'd get him to play him in live action. Yes. And he'd be incredible.
2: It's Mm. it's so good. Uh, Commissioner Gordon in it is hysterical. (laughs) Yeah,
3: and he's so different from any other time he's been depicted because he's kind of, like, he's kind of pathetic and, like, a bum in it. Yeah. (laughs) But he has, like, a really interesting story arc, especially when Batgirl comes into it.
2: Yeah, it's so good. 100% 100% everyone needs to watch, but those those are my choices. Um, Cole, did you want to add anything? Um, what else did we watch?
3: What, what are the, is this just TV shows? Yeah. it's the
2: rest of TV um, or movies? It can be movies.
3: What's a movie we watched recently that was really good? We watched White Lightning and
1: Gator yesterday.
2: Uh, yes, Burt if you're Reynolds
1: looking. a double, double feature if there ever was yeah. one.
2: Yes, yep. if you're looking for um, a seven, a very seventies movie yeah. about uh, moonshine and
3: it, it it's like about a guy who's a moonshine runner, but he gets brought in by the federal government to basically be like a stool pigeon to to get it, to route out some uh, corrupt sheriff in a town. It, it's kind of like James Bond, but like
2: uh, like for a redneck. Red yes. The definition
1: of the mid-to-late 70s.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so those are our picks. You guys go now.
1: (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with the pick I actually uh, had on, well, of course, DuckTales, uh, which is now on a mid-season hiatus. Uh, We don't know when that's coming back, just due to, uh, you know, everything going on. Uh, I am going to pick a show I talked about on TV Break, uh, which is our monthly TV podcast. That is a series called Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, It just concluded its second season on Viceland. Um, It's basically a true crime docu-series about pro wrestling. And people are like, Jesus Christ, Bill, all the time with wrestling. I will (laughs) prove to you why anyone could watch this show. My wife abhors pro wrestling. Abhors it. Will leave the room when it's on. She watched this series and enjoyed it because what they do is they it like it's basically a true crime series, but it's about these crazy urban legends and these crazy murders and mysteries that happen within the world of wrestling. Uh, for example, uh, the gangland assassination of former nineteen eighties WWF guy Dino Bravo, which no one really knew anything about and then this series uncovered that they do a lot of reenactments and stuff a lot of great interviews chris jericho who we've interviewed on the site multiple times he does the narration it's a really well shot um series that i highly recommend if you you could just go on the viceland website or sometimes they're on um hulu um it's very engrossing and even if you don't know one iota about wrestling outside of i know who the rock is you can definitely get into the series because the way they tell stories and the way they investigate these stories is so engrossing. And sometimes it's very sad and very tragic. And other times it's like this is the most bonkers thing I've ever heard of. They did an episode about this guy from who ran this company called the UWF and he had a penchant for getting naked, oiling himself up, putting on cowboy boots and doing lines of cocaine with prostitutes. That was like – and that was what this one guy. And the final line of that episode was, "Well, he died doing what he loved—cocaine and prostitutes." And I was like, "Hang that phrase in the Louvre. That's all you need to know about the series."
2: <laughs> wow, <laughs> sounds great.
0: So, my picks are strange this week. Um, I wanted to for my TV pick. Uh, if you want to watch something that will make you fr- not only forget about the horrible. Time we're living in currently, but just make you like s- smile from ear to ear is uh NBC's Making It with Amy Poehler. I have reviewed the show for the site, I love yes. the show. Um, and um, uh, Nick Offerman, Amy Poehler. Good, Nick Offerman. Um, it is, um, it's probably the like, it's like HGTV. And comedy combined, and it's just like the, this competition show where uh, people uh, like it's like DIY competition. And Amy Poehler and Nick uh, Nick Offerman's chemistry. Did is you call so... him Nick Swartzen? I almost did because I was <laughs> I was telling uh, my wife uh, about a Nick Swartzen like stand-up moment the other day, and now it's in my head. But Nick Offerman, Amy Poehler, the chemistry obviously is amazing. You know them from Parks and Rec. And it's it's like you can't help but smile when you watch the show. It's like so heartwarming. And Bill, like, Bill has reviewed it for the site, and he could totally agree. Um, and then for the movie, this one's a little out of left field. It's an older movie. When I say older, it's a couple of years old. I have watched this movie now twice on IMDb TV, which is a free oh. app where you can watch select movies and TV shows. Um, oh. I've watched this twice now during quarantine because – it is becoming one of those movies where if I see it, I'm like, "Oh man, it's a great movie. i got gonna watch it." Uh, it's The Big Short, uh, directed by Adam McKay and starring Steve Carell, uh, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. Uh, it is about the 2008 housing market crash. Um, I don't know what else to say about this movie. It is it's, it's besides the star power, it's so well edited. Um, It makes a very complicated subject. Uh, It tries to make it easy to understand, but after seeing it about five times, I still kind of don't understand it. Um, But I love that movie. It's great. Uh, I had to introduce it to my sister and my wife again, who forgot that she saw it because it's so complicated. And, you know, I, I, since the other guys and obviously other movies that he either produced or directed like Anchorman and stuff, like as soon as he did the other guys, when he was talking about the Ponzi schemes, I'm like, this guy can really direct anything he wants. And then when he did the big short, is like first dramatic, still comedic film. um, I'm like, he could just keep doing these movies forever. And I'm going to buy a ticket every time. And obviously his last film, Vice, also super watchable. Great movie. A lot. Yeah. It's a solid movie. Uh, so yeah, those are my picks.
2: Amazing, amazing picks. Also, also, I feel obligated to shout out, everyone needs to see the movie Scoob. It is I watched it. so oh. cute. It's great. And a good friend of ours, uh, Becca Wallace, did the storyboards for it, worked on the movie for almost two years. And she uh, told us some specific things that she did in the movie um, for the people who have seen it. Um, the Ascot scene with Fred, that was all back up, that -hmm. was her idea, everyone sees Scoob, you could watch it now at home, it's really cute, the animation's great, and we all love Scooby-Doo.
0: I'm dying to see I'll have my
1: review on the site next week at some point. Can't wait to see it. I watched it, I thought it was good, I thought, um, I love Mark Wahlberg in it.
2: Yeah. I was waiting for him to
1: say, say hello to your mother for me. Like, it was just like, <laughs> he was great. Uh, I thought Will Forte as Shaggy was awesome. I think, like, everyone they placed in there was Gina Rodriguez as yeah. Velma, um, Amanda Seyfried as Daphne, and especially Zach Afron as Fred were awesome. Yeah. And Jason Isaacs as Dick Dastardly and that whole storyline went to a place yeah. that turned out to be my kid's favorite part of the movie.
0: Uh, <laughs> and she also wept uncontrollably. <laughs> Is it? Is oh, it? Yeah. Um, is it? What's his name? Uh, Tracy Morgan, Captain Caveman. Yep, and it's
1: awesome. And I, I heard, yeah, awesome. So they're basically like doing weird, like the Hanna Barbera universe, right? They definitely yeah. hinted at that in the uh, credits. There's not like scenes, but there's a lot of hints. Yeah, about Here's what? what? Okay. that was
3: all stuff that was going to be in the movie, and yeah. then they pared it down quite a bit over the years. Like they were going to meet. Johnny Quest and Penelope pitstop was in it and Jabberjaw was
1: in it. Dune buggy. Uh, speed buggy. Speed buggy.
3: like they were all in it at one point, but they kind of I think had to rate it a little bit. But they had to put and Simon Cowell in
0: there multiple times. Listen. Listen, fuck the Snyder Cut. I want a wacky racist movie right. Now
1: yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. gonna
0: happen. It's gonna happen. Oh man, I loved that show when I was younger. Oh, like, oh I okay. remember wow. like Cartoon Network reruns, Wacky Races was like top, top like Hanna Barbera stuff. That was my favorite.
1: Well, it, it, a lot of the Hanna Barbera stuff's gonna be on HBO Max, so I would not be surprised in a few years that happens. I can see that.
3: Yeah, I can totally see that. Okay. I um, know. You- said you don't watch anime but um there's this one anime movie called red line that's basically like wacky races on like actual speed it, it's <laughs> yeah. worth it's worth looking into it's like a crazy looking movie but it's basically like wacky did. races but like outer space and there was another one we just space. reviewed an
1: anime that was someone compared it to wacky races i'm trying to think it was like Spare or something like that
0: rachel just. Well, did. Well, as as Bill tries to research his own website, um, dude, <laughs> I I will say that I do the, the, the anime that I used to watch when I was younger. I watched Dragon Ball Z. I Yeah, I love Dragon Ball Z. And then mm-hmm. I kind of outgrew that, oh, quote is. unquote. Yeah. Um, the one that I used to watch and then started rediscovering and watching again, mostly because they were announcing a live action adaptation. I love Cowboy Bebop. That's oh, some yeah. of the Best uh, television you could watch.
1: It was let alone. Anime. It's called Appare Ronman, and that was. It looks like this. If you go into the, you guys can see it. Oh yeah, like, wow.
0: it's, it's like, it looks fucking looks like Wacky Races. Yeah,
1: and it's like Rachel compares that Rachel Freeman, who a previous guest and our de facto uh, anime editor, said it was uh, very much like Wacky Races.
0: Oh, um, well, moving on to our second to last segment, uh, Bill. Uh, what's the next segment? Music in a
1: time of
0: quarantine. Yeah! I want to get a little say, more <laughs> soulful this time. I was going to say it was a, that was a softer version up until the I end. went
1: a little, I went a little smooth jazz this week.
0: Huh? I I'm like to try and
1: uh, mix it up every week.
0: Yeah. So music in a time of quarantine music that we're listening to, uh, during this mess. I'm going to start it off mostly because this is like the newest of new music for me. Uh, this uh, this past Friday, the 1975 released Notes on a Conditional Form, their latest album. Um, they were supposed to in 2019 uh, release this with their the, the, the they were supposed to release two albums. This was supposed to be the second, and then it got pushed a little bit. Just finally was released. Um, I had no expectation of this. I was not a fan of the last album after liking the like really liking the first two, and I've seen and shot them a few times. Over the years, uh, you can see those photos on popbreak.com. This album is a like, it's just filled with bops and bangers. It's Bobs twenty bangers. dude, twenty two tracks, and I'm telling you right now, fifteen of them are like instant hits, like great, great music. Um, this could be like a top contender for like album of the summer for me. It is so good. I it's I can't recommend it enough. Notes on a conditional form. The newest from the 1975. Uh, Do I have a... Oh, wait. There is a song pick, and I will grab that in a second. Uh, But I will uh, send it to Bill. Okay.
1: Oh, so... Oh, I thought you meant you were going to send your pick to me. Uh, Mine is one I got off the Spotify release radar. It's a new song by the Bouncing Souls. It's called World on Fire. Uh, It's a bit of a it's a sort of a departure for the Bouncing Souls if you just know them as that 90s skateboard punk band. Uh, kind of has that, um, kind of reminds me of their stuff from the, the album Ghosts on a Boardwalk. Has a little bit more of a melodic side to it. Uh, lyrically, just kind of talking about the world today. Um, it's a really, and that might sound like, oh, that sounds like a depressing type of song, but it's not. It's, it's actually just a really cool, Song almost has kind of a mid aughts alt vibe to it, like a little British uh, tinge to it. So I dug it. I think, like, if you like the Bouncing Souls, you're going to check this song out anyway. If you're looking for something that's kind of in that mid aughts alternative vibe, I definitely would check with The world, world on Fire by the Bouncing Souls. Super cool song, great lyrics. Check it out. Um,
0: before we get into Cat. And Cole's pick. Um the songs that I recommend are either The Birthday Party or Then Because She Goes off uh, of that album. Uh, but again, it's filled with bangers. You can't go wrong with just hitting the album on shuffle. Cat. Thanks.
2: Um thank you for those excellent picks. Um uh-huh. I have uh two picks um that are very different. Um, The first one is um, the newest Strokes record called The New Abnormal. Um, This is a very interesting pick for me because I have sort of a contentious relationship with the Strokes. Namely, I think that they haven't really released a good album since 2005. Um, And it's weird because I love a lot of bands like them, but I've just been so iffy with the Strokes. And you could read my extensive review on thepotbreak.com about this, but um this new album is honestly great. It's so good. It's very different than their last few records. Namely it sounds like they actually give a shit. Um there's they're using like synths, there's like melodies, uh Julian Casablancas is just, like doing new things with his voice. Uh, there's just really, really interesting stuff going on. And if you've been iffy on the strokes in the past, or you were a strokes fan, like uh, you, you need to check it out. It's a hundred percent worth it. Um, there is a great song on it on there called uh, ode to the Mets, um, uh, referencing the New York city Mets, um, because the strokes are Mets fans, obviously. And it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, there's, Genuine radio hits on there, and I have not felt that way about The Strokes in literally 15 years, so definitely check it out. My second pick, like I said, extremely different, uh, Fiona Apple's new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Um, I have never particularly been a huge Fiona Apple fan, n- not because I've disliked her, mostly because I never really felt like I got it, quote-unquote, or she wasn't necessarily like speaking to me. I think it's because I was a child in the 90s and not um, like a moody teenager. But uh, her newest record is fucking weird. It's crazy. She literally, uh, you could hear her drumming uh, like bongo type drums uh, in the middle of the album. And I looked up and yes, she is using the the bones of her dead pets to drum. Um, It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre, but this album is incredible. She is truly an artist. She goes some melodic places that you, you don't even know where she's going. Where the song starts and where it ends is wildly different. It's so good. There is a song where she sings about, God, the lyric, it's so heavy, but the lyric is something like, you... I don't really want to repeat it because it's so dark, but basically it involves her sexual assault and Ooh. it's the, you just, you gain so much emotion from the record. Um, and it's very much like a feminist, like rally cry to fetch the bolt cutters, like very moving a hundred percent. Listen, it's weird as fuck, but you will get something from it. Fiona, um, I picks
1: Fiona apples. Like she's an unusual artist because it's like, I feel like in the past like eight or so years Mm
2: -hmm. she's come
1: out with music that people really really dig but it never propels her forward like I feel like it's like her legend almost grows but like you can't say that song off that album not like single wise but it's like this song wow Mm -hmm. it's just like the legend of Fiona Apple grows and like. I've heard she's pretty fantastic live still. I think we shot her in twenty twelve at the second go- yeah. second governor's ball.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah,
0: pre Yes, I was going to say. Cat, uh, uh, I actually mentioned the uh, the new abnormal um, on like the week it came out, like for the podcast. Uh, but after a few listens, uh, "Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus" I think is my favorite song of yeah have-
2: Oh my god, that should be on the radio right now. That's right. The radio hit of the summer. Yeah. Everybody should be listening to that song. That's
0: like that's classic. It's like classic Strokes but still yeah. like still new. Like it still heard that sounds way. different. I thought that, yeah. I think that's a very good song. Yeah. It's a it's I'm really excited to eventually see them live again. God. Yeah. Please just give me live music. I'm dying here. Thank you. Uh, Cole, do you have anything for us? Um, I'm not as
3: plugged into music, I guess, as you are. But
2: you really like The Midnight.
3: Yes, uh, so when I'm working, I just kind of put on YouTube playlists, and lately they've just been, for some reason, uh, just sort of seeding in a lot of retro synthwave music.
4: Yeah. So now I'm
3: really into retro synthwave, because it's all that's coming up in my YouTube, and (laughs) the more I listen to it, the more they give me, and it's like a vicious cycle, But then I went on to Spotify and I kind of started looking up some of the ones that were kind of sticking with me. I liked...
2: um, Oh, the the Starship, what is that? Gunship. Gunship.
3: They're they're good. And then uh, I I think my favorite's The Midnight, and they've got a new album that's coming out in June, and they released a single a couple weeks ago called Deep Blue. That was really good. Um, They just... just, uh, They're retro synthwave, and they just kind of do that whole... 80s sort of side it's sort of like a science fictiony type thing but kind of uh i don't know it's like hitting that same note that like something like stranger things is where it's sort of reminding you of like the feel and texture and aesthetic of the 80s yeah plus a
2: saxophone yeah they sneak that sax in there oh yeah it's really good it's uh, I, I, a lot of people will describe music like this in like a negative way, but you put it on it and it's definitely like an aesthetic. It's a sure. mood. It's, it's the type of music. Uh, it's so funny. I thought about when I listened, when I was listening to them, like God, something about this, like just really reminds me of the movie drive itself. Yeah. And then I did research and discovered that the band got together and they said, we want to make music that sounds like the movie drive. Not mm. the music in the movie, but sounds like the movie if it was music.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. And they accomplish it. It sounds like it. So yeah, the Midnight, I agree. They're, they're really cool. Yeah.
1: We but, just celebrated uh, national, national Goth Day just passed this week. So Oh, yes. Hey. I didn't, was going to say... Kat, didn't you shoot I, a goth festival in LA for us one time?
2: It was fucking lit. Okay? Really?
1: <laughs> I remember. I saw the pictures. <laughs> I didn't know about that.
2: There That's were dudes nice. walking around with like fake crows, and I was into it.
1: That's amazing.
2: Yes, I remember you messaging
1: um, I, me like, "This is the most bizarre shit in my life. I love it." I'm like, "Yes."
0: <laughs> uh, our producer is going to love Cole's music pick because he's yeah. been getting Lucas Jones has been getting into that same exact style of music, and I think he's actually straight up mentioned that band before too, Gunship. Uh, he uh, eighties. He, he absolutely did on the yeah. episode he was on.
1: Yes. He did right? Yeah.
3: So. Yeah they have a lot of cool music videos on youtube they're all like animated they have they have this one that's called um uh live live all night or something like that and it's it's just the lost boys it's just a song and a yeah. music video about the movie the lost boys
1: did a, yeah. did a little sister cry yeah <laughs> yeah. i'm so glad yeah. you got that reference
0: um, but those are some pretty solid and diverse picks. Um, uh, I got to check out, uh, was it was the midnight.
2: Yes. Yeah. The midnight. I'm going to have to
0: check them out. Cause that sounds Al, great.
2: You would really like them. You I will. probably
0: would. I need, I need, I, I always need new music. Cause I've yeah. been getting into a, a weird pattern where I say like, Oh man, I really want to listen to the second young, the giant album. And then that's my playlist for like two weeks straight. Yeah. I need to stop doing that. I need to start exploring more with uh, music or giving albums a second listen, like another yeah. shot. Like yeah. again, like the, the last 1975 album, I gave it one shot. I must've been in a bad mood cause I did not like it at all. Um, all right. So the moment we've all been waiting for yes. now that we have forgotten the Snyder cut, let's talk about the movie that will save cinema.
4: Yes. As we
0: know it. Glimmer of hope.
4: Oh, boy, oh, boy.
0: Right now, uh, I believe most, if not all, movie theaters are closed across the country and potentially the world. Um, A lot of movies we've talked about over the last few weeks have gone straight to VOD or are planning to. Uh, We we mentioned Scoob in this podcast. We've talked about um, The King of Staten Island. Bill and Ted Michael's. Chad Apatow's latest film. Uh, d- just this week, they announced uh, Irresistible, uh, John Stewart's uh, sophomore album. Uh, sophomore album. Jesus. Sophomore <laughs> uh, directorial.
4: Yeah.
0: It, it's not a directorial debut, but it's his next film uh, with Steve Carell and um, Rose Byrne, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I that's the birds. Oh, uh, The Lovebirds. Yeah, The Lovebirds uh, just came out this, this Friday, weekend. this yeah. weekend uh, on Netflix. So, yeah. um. One movie that we will not see digitally uh, because the director, kind of like Snyder, has that power, can do whatever he wants. Um, he is going to wait because he is basically one of the only driving force, forces left that gives a shit about the theater experience. He's right up there with Edgar Wright and uh, Tarantino, I would say, are the probably the three that care about cinema the most. Uh, it's Mr. Christopher Nolan, also known as... Uh, Cats one true love. Sorry, Cole.
2: (laughs) He's my son. Christopher Nolan is my young son, and I will protect him at all costs.
3: Yeah. Uh, I love I mean one of our first dates was
0: seeing him.
2: That's true.
0: Seeing him specifically?
2: We We saw him. It was the it was the sixtieth anniversary of batman the 80th i'm sorry oh god everyone just everyone turned off the pod oh yeah the the (laughs) 80th anniversary of batman Mm -hmm. and so at our local cinema they showed uh the dark knight trilogy um all day and then right before dark knight Rises, um christopher nolan himself showed up um did i pass out almost um He was wonderful, and he he was ethereal. He floated in. Yes, he was wearing a waistcoat.
3: He's he's an enormous man.
2: He's very tall. He's
3: like Paul Bunyan.
2: We loved him. (laughs) I was so emotional. Everything he said, I was just like, this is poetry. And um, he didn't have any Earl Grey tea with him. But I think that he He had had, a thermos. He did. Oh, my God. He had a thermos. And I think there was Earl Grey tea in it. Um, Add to him. It had to have been. That's the only thing he drinks. Um, and uh, drink we love... It's, it's very good. Yeah. So... Um,
0: yeah, so Tenet. Uh, Christopher Nolan's next film. It has been so long since I've gotten to see a, a new film by Christopher Nolan. The last one would be Dunkirk, I believe. Yep. Um, which was way back in... want
4: to say 2017? Yep. Uh, it
0: was. It was. I thought it was 18 So that feels like a long time ago, guys. Uh, It was summer, I think, July 2017. Mm -hmm. That's the year that Justice League came out, just saying. Uh, But yes, it's been a long-ass time since we've seen a Christopher Nolan movie. And uh, just this week, uh, in a strange turn of events, we got to see a brand-new trailer for Tenet in Fortnite, because that is the world we live in now. Uh, we see concerts and movie trailers within video games, like it's the fucking oasis in Ready Player One. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Tenet, guys, the, the new trailer, thoughts,
1: Bill. I mean, I was sold on this movie when I saw the. And I pr- correct me on the, the Cinca. How, what's the name of his production company?
0: is it syncope syncope
1: when i saw the syncope logo i'm like oh i'm going to the theater to see that um <laughs> and i remember i saw the first the the first trailer i'm like oh this looks this looks crazy i don't know what it's about and then i saw the second trailer and i'm like this is insane and i definitely don't know what this movie is about but i i love that we saw more of uh john david washington's character and robert pattinson got a couple yucks in there especially towards the end like I like there was a little bit of lightheartedness there because what you saw was nearly indescribable uh, or indescribable because that's the proper way to say it. Um, Nolan just knows how to tell a story. Inception is one of my favorite movies of all time and I, I, it just gives me Inception vibes all over again. I get goosebumps when I see – I've watched this trailer at least five or six times already and I'm just – I'm all in on this film. It is, it is the one movie. I don't think there's another movie coming that was slated for this year. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. Cause, um, Al just freaked out. So I'm guess- definitely missing something. Um, well now you have to tell us cause you just, pre- I can't,
0: it's, it's so random. Sorry. You're good. It's, it's, let's just say it was another bug. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. I'm in a murder, murder uh, cabin right now yeah. doing this podcast. Uh, Honestly, like it. uh,
1: yeah. So maybe tell us, off <laughs> episode, I will. Uh, uh, so that means the kid number two is on the way. Um, is uh, that is your music in a time of quarantine? Uh, no, it's. Uh, I love Nolan, so whatever he it, like to me. This is the movie I wanted to see in twenty twenty. I'm sure there's a couple others that tickled my fancy, but this is number one with a bullet. Whenever this movie comes out, I will be there, hopefully in theaters, uh, because I feel like this movie is needed to be ex. Experienced in theaters Scoop was great to see us <laughs> with your kid and so was Onward and Trolls World Tour I know I saw them all and I reviewed them I didn't lose anything seeing them on my couch this gotta see in theaters it's a must it's like it's like required for my life
0: yeah I, before we send it to the uh, to Christopher Nolan's uh, mom. mother mom um I yeah I just want to say that um Again, huge – a Nolan fan is, is beyond words. And the guy really can't make a bad film. Uh, even Dark Knight Rises is still a very good movie compared to other movies. Yeah. Uh, and I think I he think gets a bad rap. There is some some logic issues, but I think oh, it's sure. still a pretty solid movie. The great thing about Nolan, he has this kind of otherworldly power when it comes to uh, film, right? Since The Dark Knight – he can kind of do whatever the fuck he wants. He literally has the thing with Warner Brothers where he was doing a like, uh, I'll do one for you. Then I get one for me. And that's basically how we got the Dark Knight trilogy and all the great movies that he did. Um, Inception, um, Interstellar and Dunkirk, I believe, are the three for three. The cool thing about him is um, since Dark Knight, he did these prologues, giving people like a sneak preview with like one scene of. Filmed uh, exclusively on IMAX cameras, so uh, I believe I remember going to Atlantic City to the IMAX to just watch the ten yeah. minute, the ten minute opening scene from The Dark Knight, and then uh, he did it again. Oh no, for Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Sorry, cool. so for Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, uh, the 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 scene with Bane on the plane. Yeah. Which I want to, I want uh, a a off movie called Bane's on a Plane. That would oh, be amazing. Okay, he's on a plane. He's on a plane. So uh, then he did that again with. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna say he probably did it with every film since, but I remember going to see Star Wars and getting to see the prologue for Tenet. No
1: Dunkirk. And, oh, no
0: Star Wars had well, the prologue. You no, know, you and
1: I saw. Yes. The, yeah. It was we saw the Rogue One. Yes. You, so me, Dunkirk, and Lucas. We saw the Dunkirk. The the dog fight. Sequence, yeah. which yeah. Just, just almost gives you a heart attack when you're watching the movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, so briefly, the ones I saw were Dunk, uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises, Dunkirk, and Tenet. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises one, infamously, you could not hear a word fucking Bane was saying.
3: I saw it at one of the first screenings of it in Chicago, yeah. mm-hmm. so I was going to school there. Uh, Roger Ebert was there. He randomly came out of an elevator behind us. It was like only a couple months before he died. Um, but yeah, we went and saw it at the Navy Pier IMAX, and you could not understand anything—not a, a word,
0: not a single word at all. Um, and then yeah, the dog, the Dunkirk—I remember watching the dogfight and being like blown away. Nothing compared to the tenant experience because we are sitting in a theater ready for s- the fucking finale. Of the Skywalker Saga. And all of a sudden, we are blessed with one of the most confusing, craziest, like, eight minutes I've ever watched of a movie. And I remember just being like, I don't give a shit how Star Wars ends. Like, I just want to go see Tenet.
1: I still don't uh, get this whole repelling thing where they're, like, strapped to ropes and they walk up buildings. Don't no idea. know. Don't fucking care. Just put me in a the theater. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: it's going to be a bad place
2: um Kat, yeah now
1: talk about your baby boy
2: <laughs> um, um do I know what's going on in the trailer no do I care also no like I, I've said this before I know al we've talked about this extensively like I don't like movie trailer I don't think movie trailers should exist they give away too much information I, okay.
1: I do too yeah I know but I get I get your point though I, I agree
2: I think that all movie trailers should be um like the teaser trailers that they make for a lot of things namely like you know what it is who is in it kind of maybe and just like the general i i don't even want to say idea just or like,
1: should it be the mad men trailer theme where you're just like what the fuck is going to happen in the next episode it's literally lines yeah. people and things and i don't there's no context
2: Yeah, and people turning and saying, "I just don't know, Don," and then Don going, "What do you want?" Yeah, just that. That's what movie trailers. Christina
1: Hendricks just sighs and looks like the best.
2: Oh goddess, yes. I, I just, I think movie trailers give way too much away, and I feel like I've seen the movie a lot of the times, and it's because they're assuming the audience is dumb and they want to tell them everything. I love Christopher Nolan trailers because you usually don't know what's going on, but there's great visuals and that's all I care about. And while watching this trailer, I definitely got a lot of uh, Inception vibes. It, it very much feels like Inception meets uh, Minority Report, um, which Let's I think is very interesting. Um More than anything, it seems like, again, Nolan is playing with this idea of time. He's so obsessed with it. You can definitely see it in Dunkirk. There's three different timelines um, of a day, an hour, and a week. And obviously, um, Inception was all obsessed with time. Interstellar was obsessed with time, time travel, and time elongating. He's really obsessed with it. Um, Also got, like, memento vibes. Things are going backwards like it's gonna be amazing i remember literally like the day it was announced i think it was announced in like april 2019 or something i was like everyone mark your calendars for july 2020 like i will be there um i i'm willing to wait to see this in theaters because i think that all nolan movies need to be seen in theaters I cannot envision a world in which he's like, yeah, let's just put this on in demand. There's just no way that's happening. This man loves film more than anything. Um, and if that means that I have to wait until December, like, yes, that will suck, but I'll do it. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Christopher Nolan for life.
0: Um, I cat. We have talked about this before, and I totally agree that, like, they really need to stop doing, like, these three-minute-long movie trailers. Like, I'd rather go, give give me a prologue instead. Like, just give me a scene from the movie, like Nolan's doing, to get me amped, and I'm in. And it doesn't even have to be eight minutes long. Like, I just need a little teaser, right? Just need... Honestly... If I avoid trailers, I probably will like the movie more because I'm more surprised. The biggest one for me was I avoided every trailer for District 9, and it's one of my favorite movies. I love, I love that movie. movie. It's such a good movie. But I, do, um, you know, here's,
1: here, I'll pose this question to you guys real quick. We This is the longest podcast we've ever done, but so worth it. Um, if, you, if there had only been one trailer for Tenet, and that was the first one we ever saw, and we never saw another trailer... Would that impact movie-going audiences one iota? You think?
2: I um. I no, I mean know. like they'll
1: show it more. Like they'll keep showing right. it, but it was like that's the right, only right. one we're gonna get. I'd be fine I, with it.
2: I I, I would be a hundred percent fine, and I think that Christopher Nolan is a big enough name that like I I remember thinking about this when um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out. Uh, last summer god that yes. was last summer
1: that's exactly where, the movie i was like there's another movie i'm thinking of yes and that's it
2: the, there there is like there was a week where people are saying like oh i'm gonna see the new tarantino movie people say that like with oh i'm gonna see the new christopher nolan movie almost no one really says that about other directors i could think of that are like well known scorsese, like people, maybe. I, yes scorsese that's a good example that's about it um but- People would say, like, I'm seeing the new Scorsese. I'm seeing... So, to answer your question, if they had just had, like, the one teaser trailer, it would have been fine. It would have been fine. I understand why they don't, but I think that...
1: Because I think they needed to remind people in this one to say, oh, this is also the guy who did Batman, (laughs) who did the Dark Knight, so...
2: There's nothing funnier to me than in the trailer when they're like, the director behind the Dark Knight trilogy. It's like, thank you for reminding us. It it Um, had,
3: like, a crazy one, though. It was, like, from the revolutionary that... Uh, that, like, redefined cinema with the Dark Knight. Good. It's true.
2: It's true.
1: (laughs) Not going to argue
3: it.
2: I'll allow it. That's better than... He did. I mean, he
1: changed the... Oh, I said it before. Like, there's more Oscar nominations for Best Picture because of the Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: And if you want to hear a bunch of people talk about that more specifically, you can listen to the podcast I was on um, with our former TV editor and uh, film editor, where we talk about the 2008 Oscars. Everyone catch that. Um, but yeah. Is that,
0: is that the one where the reader just swept everything?
2: The reader did not sweep everything, but I know one one it's one nonsense step.
0: that that movie was <laughs> nominated above fucking the dark Knight. It's you can so trust stupid.
2: about like, what the fuck is the reader? I think that was a phrase that we repeated a few times. Uh, I saw
0: that. Good it movie. Strange. I, I don't agree.
2: It's it's weird. It's a movie that wants you to sympathize with the Nazis. It's bizarre. Yes. Was that it's the bizarre. same
1: year the wrestler came out?
2: Uh yes, <laughs> yes. yes, it was.
1: Robbed of so many Oscars. No,
2: yeah, I yes, and Sean Penn won for Milk instead of
1: Mickey Rourke. Uh,
2: yes, I remember. We did Baloney. talk about.
1: Um, but yeah, that is that is our longest podcast of all time.
2: It is, but it was worth it to talk about Tenant.
1: Oh God, we should have just made the whole podcast about Tenet.
2: That's
1: we true. could have, we could
0: have just had a Nolan cast. Ooh, I'm we not- still can. I mean, we'll come back for you know. episode
1: twenty. Enjoy well,
0: no, I mean, it doesn't have to be a socially distance podcast. Bill, you, you did tease, I think, at one point uh, the, pop break, uh, the pop break podcast Radio network. Yeah, right. that <laughs> might that might be a thing.
1: Uh, it, it's it's going to be, and I have to talk to you about that at a different time when we're not both insanely busy. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week on the podcast. Not that I'm the host, but I'll
0: wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> oh, let's, let's wrap it up. I am the host and I surprisingly have not had a drink at all. Just a, a cup of coffee and a few near death experiences, uh, from a, a few different creatures that are living in this basement. Um, Oh my god! This has been this has been a really fun one, guys. Uh, it started off with uh, a conversation about something, and ended with tenants. So you can't really uh, can't go wrong. Oh! Nope. Uh, I'd like to thank our two guests, Kat and Cole. Cole, join us anytime. Honestly, it's great, yeah, it's great yeah. having you. If you ever uh, if you yeah. ever have an itch to write about uh, some things like eighties. Uh, Synthwave or he's written uh, anime before. oh yeah he has yeah.
2: yeah he's written about horror movie stuff
3: i wrote about. oh that's the great
2: conjuring, you
3: know. the conjuring 2 <laughs> a movie
0: <That's>
1: i love <laughs> it's not that's awesome movie. man
0: you should uh you should join uh you should be a guest on our friend friends podcast i'm trying to remember the name george Heffler, the little his,
1: horror house in philadelphia which i am going to eventually be a guest on we talked about big trouble in little china
2: Oh, oh, cool. That's one of Cole's favorite movies, and Cole's also from Philadelphia.
1: Oh. There you go. Everything's a
0: John to you guys.
1: It's Kiss <laughs> Me.
0: Uh, but, uh, yeah. And, and yes, thank you guys so much for joining us. Bill, as always, you have no choice but thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, that is. got to plug our shit. It. Oh, God, why? Because this is what we do. This is how we don't. It's as, long how, enough. All right. Um, Bye. Kat, where can uh, people find
2: it? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at cat underscore Wild. That's Wild with an E and cat with a K. Or on Instagram at cat Goes to Shows. Um, because of what's going on, there's not a lot of new shows pictures. Um, but I'm still there.
1: Yes, and you will be, I think, taking over our Instagram. We have a yes. lot project going on there. So keep your eyes peeled for that at The Pop Break on Instagram. We are at popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. Uh, sorry, on Twitter, forward slash pop all spelled out on facebook uh the everywhere on the internet we've got tons of stuff on there movies tv music comic books pro wrestling podcasts we do have a podcast network it's called the break plus we have a lot of great shows you can find it on sorts of break cast on uh, soundcloud we're also on apple podcasts um, this podcast you can find obviously on spotify anchor And uh, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. We also have great series like TV Break. We have a retrospective film series from the Sarnecki Brothers. We have the Way Too Early Oscar Podcasts, uh, which I think is going to have a new episode coming out soon. And we also have our, I think, coming back real soon, the third season of And the winner still is our retrospective Oscar podcast plus, like I said, TV breaker, TV podcast. And I will be starting a wrestling podcast real soon. So that's going to be super cool. Uh, If you want to find me, I am at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S, where I mainly just talk about wrestling and my own uh, stuff. And I've been a guest on a ton of podcasts as well recently. So, you know, check my Twitter. So, Al, that's you.
0: Oh, yes. Uh, You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram is... Uh, I actually posted concert photos for the first time in a long time. They're very old. There are no concerts right now. Twitter, just plugging things I love and and complaining about things I don't like. Uh, Cole, we forgot to mention, where can we find you on Twitter?
3: Uh, I think I'm going to remain a private citizen. Ooh, <laughs> good call. That's fun.
0: He's that at uh, leave me the hell alone on Twitter. If people... If people can spell Cole's name, you could probably find him somewhere. Yeah. Um,
3: All they need you to go. know about me is on Cat's boyfriend. That's, That's great. And so That's so much great.
0: more. So much I'm rest. so upset. I'm so upset that Monroe didn't join us on the podcast. Oh,
4: she's been oh, watching
2: she, us
0: the whole time. She
2: has been crying at, because she wanted dinner, and I was so worried that she was going to come onto the podcast, so I ran away and fed her.
1: Hey, and we oh. had a long uh, a run in from Sophie Vodkin as well. So it was it was a Memorial Day sized episode for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and there is a fall, giant. Yeah. There's like a giant spider-like creature that I've named Gregory just lurking in the, the vicinity of where I've been podcasting. Please get out of there. I'm going
4: to. Uh,
0: but that, that's it for the socially distance this week. Thank you guys for joining. See you next week.